Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Ahí estaba, en el centro. Hoyo de gloria. Have you scanned your MVP card? Breakfast was three eggs, scrambled light with grits and extra crispy bacon. Cliff, what's up? It's Bryce. I know, Cliff, but people are looking for you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this whole thing and make it all better. Let's get to that conversation now. Here is uh, that. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a busy Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here in the Pirate Radio Studios coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville. 104.1 in Washington. We're on 125930 online, PR927FM.com. And due to Facebook issues, we are not on Facebook today, but you can find us on YouTube and be a part of the chat gang. Uh, get your questions, comments in, and join us on what's going to be a fun, busy edition of Pirate Radio Live because we have a lot going on today, including the introduction of a new offensive coordinator uh, for East Carolina football. We met John David Baker earlier today. I had a chance to ask him some questions, and we'll uh, hear his answers coming up on today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Also, ECU basketball in action coming up at 4 o'clock, so we'll be watching that and updating you as the show goes on. We will talk college football playoff and uh, see who's griping in here and see who thinks they made the right decision. I got that and a whole lot more coming up on this Monday. Brian Bailey will join us live from NG's Coliseum coming up around 4 o'clock. Jason Nichols will join us here in the Pirate Radio studios to talk all things football, ECU and beyond. And uh, we got Ellerby here to my left. The big dog is here, Shirley Rhodes and Joey uh here as well on this monday and uh hello everyone well big show a lot going on Ellery. clipper i know you don't want to hear this but you could do six hours today with all the information and uh, content you have to get to the pirate nation and we're gonna fit it all into three yes uh coming up on today's edition of pirate radio live uh chat gang what's up um yes chandler has uh just actually left right as the show is coming on the air to make sure he makes it to Minji's in time. To catch his flight to Minji's? Yeah, he's uh, hopefully he's got a red eye. So hopefully uh, he'll get there in time for the 4 o'clock tip-off. East Carolina taking on Maryland Eastern Shore. A little bit of a tune-up, hopefully, for the Pirates before they begin their SEC schedule. South Carolina and Florida coming up next for East Carolina. The ECU women in action coming up tonight as well uh, in Minji's Coliseum. So a big day for basketball. And we've already been out at the Athletic Complex, LRB, uh, getting to know John David Baker, the new offensive coordinator for the Pirates. What were your impressions? I didn't get a chance to go to the press conference. I was uh, tied up at another <coughs> event. Uh, give us give us your initial reaction to John David Baker. Uh, very confident young man. Um, and I say young man, he is, I think, uh, 33, I believe, years of age. Um, and He's not even a man yet. He's uh, not 40. That's correct. Seven years away from becoming a man. Uh, and we'll hear uh, in his own words what he had to say about why he took the job, what kind of offense fans should expect. But uh, I, I did like his confidence and uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do. Who did he remind you of the most that has been at East Carolina before? I mean... 
there was a little link in there just because of his age and his demeanor and his quiet confidence uh that he exuded so i would i would throw him out first uh first answer i came up with the the one thing that stood out the most that you think he'll accomplish first that that that, that will change east carolina's offense uh go getting a quarterback so it's they're on the hunt yes he did say um that you know the quarterback could be right here on campus i uh, didn't rule that out but said that uh quarterback's the number one priority and the number one thing they need to go do uh is get a quarterback to lead this offense yeah uh i think he's, he's spot on right there so uh what about the we, we had the tweet out yesterday uh he's gonna stay with Ole miss and coach the bowl game was that uh addressed and uh, yes i asked him about that what he said let's find out uh this is cut number five uh what are the next few weeks like for you when it comes to recruiting for east carolina and also coaching Ole miss in their bowl game yeah so just to be just to be really clear um i I'm an East Carolina Pirate, and my whole focus um, is on the Pirates and going to make sure we go add the pieces that we need to go compete for a championship next year. Um, that's, that is my whole focus um, over the next few weeks up until signing day and, and as, the, as the transfer portal stays open uh, through December. Um, so I'll be on the road, obviously going to see our commits, go see our kids as fast as possible, um, get in front of them so they know me and, and I know them. Um, and then really the, the bowl game came down to just uh, Coach Kiffin won. You know, he and I having a great relationship, but also uh, every one of those kids in that tight end room at Ole Miss, I recruited. And so I sat in their living rooms, um, you know, with their parents in their homes and, and brought them to Ole Miss. And, you know, when you, when you sit down for a season, you ask those kids to commit for 12 months, let's go do something special. Uh, and so Coach Kiffin has been gracious enough to give me the opportunity to go finish that out with them um, at the appropriate time. But my whole focus is is here on this program and making sure we're going to get the pieces that we need to go compete right now. All right. So those were his comments on how he will be spending the next uh, few weeks. Sounds like he's going to be on the road. Doesn't really sound like he's going to be in Greenville or uh, Oxford, but uh, a lot of places in between, I guess. Obviously going to see... The current commits and then trying to find a quarterback and whoever else he can find to help improve this east carolina offense and then the old miss bowl game is what december 30th so uh, i think on, on your 40 bowls in 14 have you printed out the 40 bowls in 14 days got them right here i want to say they're in the peach bowl right against uh i can't think of there i just scanned the bowl bowl chart but i thought it was december 30th so he's got a lot of time to uh, work here at east carolina or at least work on the road as it'll be busy recruiting and uh, portaling um Ellery, i'm uh did you miss that sheet i think i'm missing the sheet so it's just 30 bowls <laughs> and what uh this is just bad organization uh, oh, oh we, yep, we let, yep. Chan- let chandler leave for two minutes and what happens we fall apart got it uh peach bowl penn state versus penn state. Ole miss penn state and Ole miss in atlanta on the 30th you are correct sir mm. so there you go we will dive into 40 bowls in 14 days um maybe today 
Uh, what we will do today, for show, sure, I knew I forgot something off the top. I was about to say the same thing. The Pirate Radio say. Treasure Chest will be opening up for the first time today. Uh, we will do it in hour number three. And we've got a ton of great prizes. So when you hear that chest open coming up in the five o'clock hour, we will... Uh, get to the phone lines and have one lucky winner on this monday are we gonna let joey do the honors today of, of drawing the winner i think we should i think we should let him. <clears throat> he's never been a part of the treasure chest i think he should be able to pull the first prize out of the treasure chest today. that's fine with me so it's 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 a big tall task and uh i hope you well, can joey's not a very tall guy sounds like a wonderful uh honor. hey we're like so what are you short now because we're about the same height I don't know. He's I, not, it's not about Would him. you consider me a tall guy? Regardless, that would be an honor to pull for the, the right. first treasure. Well, well just, just clear, I, I, just, I may have overstood my boundaries with uh, going over Shirley's head there, but uh, Shirley's got all the prizes, and uh, man, they are awesome. So uh, your chance to be a winner on the stations for winners coming up. In the big treasure chest, remember, you can only win once during the month of December. We'll be doing it now through December thir- 21st. And then uh, also you got to be 21 or older because we have some adult beverages as some of the prizes. I do have an update as well when it comes to the transfer portal. Got a bunch of new names to add to the list today. Mm. I'm keeping up with the master list of ECU players uh, that have entered the transfer portal. What's the total number? Uh, three, six, 8, 10, 12, 15, 18, 21. 21. We are north of 20 right now. Quarterback, Mason Garcia. Running back, this is a new addition, Pop McKay uh, entering the portal. Wide receiver, Zion Agnew. Uh, yet to see a tight end on the portal. Tight end is the only position we do not have for In the portal, portal. Entry right now. Hmm. Offensive line, we got a full offensive line, a full five. Isaiah Foote, Grant Copeland, Elisha Samples, Amari Allen, and uh, most recently, Richard Pierce. Uh, on the D-line, Jason Shuford and Xavier McIver. Linebacker, Trevon Hayes and Jamari Young. Defensive back, Tegan Wilk, Drew Dodder, and Ty Moss. Kicker, we added a new kicker today. Ty Moss, a new uh, addition to the list today, too. Uh, Carson Smith, Ryan Capriotti, and Laith Margin, who was our kickoff specialist, has entered the transfer portal. So three kickers down. Andrew Conrad still here. I guess he is the guy next year. Uh, one punter, David Chapeau. And uh, Chandler had to bolt to basketball to make sure he got there by the 4 o'clock tip-off. Uh, Brock Winstead. And, and we have a new long snapper that uh, we need to ask Chandler about. Colby Garfield. I guess he was having a case of the Mondays, Ellery, and mm. decided to enter the portal. Well, I think you can enter at any time. It's. I mean, yeah. Now it's I was, only. I was open making to... a Garfield Mondays joke, uh, but that's fine. I completely no. missed it. Uh, yeah, no went, problem. It went over my head. I know that's fine. So you're right. You can enter anytime. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize apo- to me. I apologize for you not being funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are people right now like pulled off the road laughing so hard after the hearing that one, Ellery. I bet. Just stepped all over. They're not only. Are their sides hurting? <laughs> I mean, they're they're probably ripping their radio out and, and deciding to go a different 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 route. But how about uh, you remember MTV Spring Break when they used to do that? I think ESPN should do like the the portal season and ha- be like ha- all the players that go in the portal should have to go to like an airport and then planes could fly in and pick them up. Like they come, you know, just kind of like a 
portal like big brother coaches have a name like a sign with their name on it like waiting at the car or they just wa- they walk in the, the 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 runway or the airport or whatever and they go you 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 come with me and then you see them get are on. you trying to is this better than my garfield line right now what you're doing no, no i'm not trying to be funny i'm trying to just create programming for the portal okay so so you, i mean we would see like 21 instead of like you know how they have the all-star you know games come to the senior bowl and all this other stuff where everybody's wearing ecu stuff like they they tra- they take off their ecu jacket and they get a new jacket and they go walk on or someone gets a new ecu jacket and comes on the ecu plane great ideas just some good programming a lot of folks talking about height now um pike said clipper i thought you were taller than you are you're about my height and i'm not tall mm. how tall is pike jamie said what is this a show of little people i'm a very lengthy five eight we run a short show well how, how t- i won't give specifics but we're both higher or taller than five eight well, well correct well how tall you said y'all are the same height well how tall are you how tall do you list in your media guide i like Joey? to look yeah. at myself at five eleven. <laughs> That's where I've got myself on my media guide as well. At 5'11? 5'11. Documented on my identification. Two 5'11s in here? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Eric said. Is that short? No. I wouldn't say that's short. Uh, That's about average. You called Joey short. I did not. I said he's not a very tall man. I'm taller than Joey. I'm taller than (laughs) you. We're going to go back to back at the break. I'm taller than you. Um. Eric said, "Damn, Joey, do you, are you ever not offended?" Great point, Eric. I mean, Joey is you get truly called a little man, Eric, and then Joey is truly of this fun. generation. Everything yeah. offends him. He's got to go back at everybody. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the back and forth. Without <laughs> back and forth, life is just boring. That is true. Pike is five eight. Pike, I am not five eight, dude. You say I'm the same height as you. I, I'm not 5'8". Nah, Clip not. is three more inches taller than you, Pike. <laughs> I've never been 5'8 in my life. Never I was you. born 5'10". Y- you had a growth spurt from like 5'5 to 5'11, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just woke up one day. Mike P is 5'8". In high school, they listed him as 5'11", so that's what he goes by. Hmm. All right. They gave you a whole three inches. That's crazy. <laughs> well, Pike took off three inches from me. Off the top. So did um, John David Baker win the press conference? Yeah, he won. He did? I, uh, Was it a convincing yeah. win? Did he score a lot of points? Um, Yeah, it's funny to me that uh, like people haven't been this excited about a hire, I would say, unanimously, unanimously since Mike Houston, who a lot of folks want to run out of town now. Everybody was, and I was you know, uh, excited when we brought in Mike Houston. But it, it reminds me of that, and I try to remind people, hey, the, the, you know. Y'all don't get excited. Just You can be excited, but I think if you're too overly excited about this or too, you know, in the stinker about it, it's pointless. Let's see what happens. Which gets, gets back to expectations. I mean, the expectation, I think, and we heard John Gilbert say it in his press conference, is for this team to be in a bowl game in 2024. And so I think instead of having a press conference in December next year, it's uh, all about on the Monday after the bowl announcements that East Carolina is promoting, you know, hey, we're at the X Bowl this year. Well, I did like this. So uh, this is number 11, Shirley. Um he was asked if ECU having a strong defense played in his decision to come here, and let's hear what he said. Yeah, it, full transparency it was. You know, it's um, knowing that 
they had pieces coming back on defense and, and what Coach Harrell and those guys were able to do last year, um, knowing that coming here, all we really need to do is fix the offense. I felt very confident in being able to do that, and, and that's why, you know, when I talk to our kids later today, is making sure that gets conveyed to them. Like this is not a this is not a two year plan. This is not a three year plan. This is we got eight months to go get this thing right because we can go do something really special next season. And so making sure our guys understand that and have a sense of urgency about doing that. So Ellerby, you want a plan? You want what's the sales pitch? There it is. Uh, the sales pitch is we have a an eight win nine win defense now let's uh bring an offense in here and let the wins pile up so we get a three or four win offense that's a perfect undefeated season right yeah uh the the goal he said this is not a a you know long-term plan this is a hey we've got eight months to fix this thing absolutely i think that's the way 100 percent everybody is looking at this and uh, as i said when the bowl selection show comes on next year i think everybody We'll expect to hear East Carolina's name going to some bowl, or if not, uh, there's going to be some uh, different decisions probably had to be made. How was Mike Houston today? I saw, I saw he kind of introduced. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff on our social media. How, he obviously had a very stressful season. Things didn't go uh, as planned for him. How was how he uh, as he's uh, turning the page on to 2024? Uh, very confident about the hire that he made and the guy he brought in, and uh, he made it clear because i asked him how hands-on he would be with this offense and mike houston said this is john david baker's offense surely hit mike houston uh cut four it's his offense to run uh, i'm i'm not going to call plays uh, I, my job is to support him and support our offensive coaches and support our players and i'm going to make sure he has everything he needs uh, to be successful at a very high level all right so kind of like a rough rally situation this is john david baker's offense and uh what what he says goes i guess so does that answer the question of who's making the play because we had you had a lot of those questions who's yeah who's really calling the play jdb is running the show right if if he calls uh you know direct snap to rajay right that's him if it's a sideways pass up the middle whatever jdb um what made mike houston land on john david baker as the offensive coordinator and bring him in this is cut two, charlotte i don't think it was necessarily one thing as much as uh just who he is as a complete person and coach um some of the things that stood out from you know talking to the people that have been with him at multiple different stops um his work ethic his character uh, his knowledge of what he's doing, um, all those stood out uh, at every stop. Um, I think he is viewed uh, in the college football landscape as a rising star, um, a guy that, uh, as he said, is prepared for this moment. Um, and then it came down to, uh, I think the style of play will fit us here for what what I wanted to go to, and that's and I wanted to be much more aggressive, and I wanted something that was going to attract uh, our fans uh, and recruits, and so I, I think we got all of that uh, with John David. All right, Mike Houston, uh, I don't know, kind of wiping his hands clean, I feel like, of the offense, like of, you know, I, I hired Donnie Kirkpatrick to be the guy on offense, and he wasn't getting it done, so now I'm bringing in this guy. 
I, I, I wonder how much previously he was involved in the offense. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, not that everybody wants to look backwards at this point, but no. uh, certainly going forward, and uh, if there is a controversial play or or a great play, I guess you know John David Baker gets the credit for it. If if the offense is obviously flourishing and doing well, then that really means that, hey, look, this was a great hire. We brought in somebody that's innovative, creative, and more aggressive, as uh, Mike Houston just said. If the offense is a lot of the same of what we saw last year clip, then uh, does when does Mike Houston step in and, and, and put his hands on the offense? If we're four or five games deep and and it, it, it well you got to bring in some players too i mean it's oh i know uh, but i'm still still at some point they got to bring in players but if you're four or five games in deep and and it's still you know we're watching 10-7 ball games or other stuff like that then uh, you'll just you'll just have to wonder but hopefully that's not the issue uh obviously finding a quarterback is going to be key uh, but you're, you're definitely going to need some more ingredients than just a quarterback uh pike said to mike houston seem taller today a little bit a little bit. I think he grew an inch from the end of the season. Was he over 5'11"? I think so. How tall do you think Mike Houston is? 6'1"? Mm, 6'1". Oh, Joey's got the... You, what do you got, Joey? Oh, he's, he's looking it up. Uh, Tyler says, does JDB have BDE? I'm not going to address that. 6'1". Six 6'1". One. Six okay. one. Hey, well, how much? How tall was JBD while we're talking about height? Mm, he looked to be a uh, five tennish to me. Five tennish. How tall do we think Donnie K was? Mm, out of five, five eighter. Five eighter. So maybe we gained a couple inches in height on offense. Maybe they'll be able to. You know, I wonder. Did anybody ask? Will because well, Donnie Kirkpatrick was in the press box. Will JDB be on the sideline? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. John David Baker. What was your guess? Uh, I went five ten. Oh, uh, Avalon Christian's got him at six foot. Okay, so he's five ten. <laughs> We're not thinking he shrunk since college. Eric said nothing wrong with a ten seven game as long as your team has ten at the end. Agree or disagree? I agree, one hundred percent. I'll take twelve ten seven games right now. Yeah, but that is a bit of a misleading statement. We were trying to win ten to seven all last year, and we didn't. We need to try to not. Just score ten points in a ball game. I mean, would you would you trade seasons with Iowa? Yeah, I mean they they weren't exactly crushing it. They didn't even score in the championship game, but uh, I mean, yeah. But and there's still major issues with it. Right. I, I would want more wins, but hey, let's let's try to score more points. Let's not be in the game in the fourth quarter and say, well, we we had a chance there at the end. Let's score in the second and third quarter. Let's put points on the board. Gotcha. Heard it. Um, Mike Peace is going to be calling him TDB by game three. Touchdown boy. Okay. Touchdown boy. JDB, TBD. TDB, I should say. Is he going to be baking up some touchdowns this year? Uh, Pike said Steve Logan says shorter quarterbacks are better than taller quarterbacks. Mm. Oh. Would, you, would you rather have a 5'10 quarterback or a 6'5 quarterback? 6'5. Six, five. Chad said it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the fight in the dog. What about a 6'8 quarterback or a 5'8 quarterback? 5'8. 6'8 is too tall. <laughs> that guy's getting his leg snapped. Yeah. 
Yeah. You got meat on his bones, or you got to give me weight though. Nah, weight. How tall? He's how like t- Chet Holmgren. How tall? Oh is, no! How tall is <laughs> Roethlisberger? Yeah, six, six three. He had to be taller than that. Four or five. Joey's getting his Google work in today. What was Peyton Manning? Six five. He's probably six, a good four. six five. Yeah. Uh, That's about my cap. When once you get six, to five. Brock Osweiler territory, yeah, you're too tall. Uh, this is for college. Ben Roethlisberger six five. This is for college. You wouldn't take a 6'8 quarterback? <laughs> what division am I? I mean, how good is he? Is he good? Is he Peyton, better than what we had last year? Peyton Manning, 6'5". I reckon I'll take him. Just think just think of like fourth and inches. I mean, he just falls forward. Sounds easy, right? Sounds real easy. Mike P said, is Logan that guy that snapped his fingers at Shirley? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's when Shirley went by, hey, you. <laughs> The same one, Mike P. All right. Uh, good stuff. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we got a pre- another press conference winner. Do yeah. you remember a guy losing a press conference? Um, Anybody ever lost one? I know Westmore left after one <laughs> and never came back. He was truly one and done. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. That, I can't, I'm trying to think who was a big dud at their press conference. Hmm can't remember one i don't either and it doesn't mean uh you know that the success or lack of success but he uh and he wasn't like over the top he was a very normal down-to-earth guy right so, I so he, he, he didn't have a lot of flash a lot a lot of uh, bells and whistles he was just kind of like you think he kind of fits the mike houston hard-nosed blue-collar sort of new offensive line guy kind of like blake harrell are they similar or do you feel uh, like yeah, both very laid back? I mean, do you think he's driving a pickup truck or a uh, like a Lexus or Mercedes? Is, is is he a pickup truck guy or is he more like a, a sports car? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I think he might be. Uh, I mean, he's coming from Lane, so maybe he's a little flashy. He's down at Ole Miss in Oxford, SEC country. Maybe maybe he's got a nice sports car. I don't know. Okay, good question, Ellery. You're the good question, man. Uh, going back to that 6'8", I go with 6'8". Paxton Lynch and Mike Glennon are 6'7". Who'd you say the first guy was? Six Pax, eight? Paxton Lynch. Who was 6'8"? He's 6'7". Who's he? Paxton Lynch. Oh, okay. <laughs> was that the first guy you said? Yeah. Okay. Paxton Lynch and Mike Glennon. Yeah. Mike, Mike Glennon Mike is actually like 6'4", but his neck is 4 inches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric said it's not the size of the dog in the bun but the number of dogs in total a quote by Wes Hines mm. very uh, very wise words right there very very wise alright let's take a break LRB thanks for hanging out alright sounds good I'll see you next time uh, uh, next week no you won't I won't be here on Monday but I'll be here on Tuesday you will be here during the week but not next Monday not next Monday I've, uh, I guess I'm going to have a bad case of the Mondays you could probably get somebody better than, than me at 3 o'clock. Probably so. What's Hunter doing? Mm, he has baseball workouts after school, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you could probably twist his arm. All right. We'll check in with him. Get him on 40 bowls in 14 days. Uh, Steve says, Ellerby, what are your top five jelly bean flavors? We are way out of season. Yes. They, they won't come back. To, I think Easter's going to be in March next year. So let's, let's, Ellerby says, let's table that. Jelly beans are only available 
during Easter season. It's kind of like the peppermint milkshakes right now. Right now, peppermint milkshakes are only available right now. Have you ever gone <laughs> gone around? I mean, you, you can't get one of those in like you're right in June, but you can get jelly beans no, in the hot. Sure, get jelly beans you sure, whenever you, sure you, you cannot find jelly beans right now. <laughs> Look at your local grocery store. You cannot find a jelly bean in sight. All right. It's so all you're not going to tell us the top five? Hmm? No, it's not important right now because all I'll do is tease people. They'll get all worked up about trying to find a jelly bean. But they can get the jelly bean. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and special order them, I guess. Oh, my. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Hear more from Mike Houston, John David Baker. We got to talk college football playoff. How do we feel? I'll talk about that. Did you... Uh, question: Did you throw away the predictions that we had before the college season? Probably. Ah oh, man. All right, it's all good. Sorry. I don't. I don't remember even doing it. We did. Okay. How did I do? I'm pretty sure. Like I was trying to think back. I think you got three out of four. I'll take that. I'll take that. None of us predicted. Ellery, did they make the right decision? Yes. Because college football is a business, and the college football playoff is a business, and so. Uh, Texas and Alabama bring more eyeballs than Florida State. And look, the last thing I'll say, then I'll get out of here, is Florida State had bought into this system and the BCS system, so and they got burned by the system that they've been a part of. So, oh, you know, so it's it. To me, I was kind of laughing on the inside and not really feeling sorry for anybody. I don't feel bad for anybody. Florida State, SMU, screw them. I don't care at all. Um, I saw a lot of people yesterday, like poor SMU. Who cares? Poor SMU. Yeah. They're, they're the opposite of poor. Right. They're, they're, they're not taking TV money. They're going in the ACC. Florida State's probably going out. I mean, this, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's just, hey, look, it, it was a tough day if you're, you're, you're a Florida State fan. But look, yet again, you bought into the system, and the yeah. system didn't work for you. Uh, I disagree with it, but we'll, uh, we'll talk more about it. More to go. Pirate Radio Live Monday after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go is down on Main Street. Down on Main Street's famous weekday lunch specials are only $7.99. Stop by for the house salad with grilled chicken, the half club sandwich with chips are everyone's favorite, the fried shrimp plate. After work, down on Main Street is the perfect spot for dinner and drink uh, drinks rather on the patio. Join down on Main every Wednesday for half price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Down on Main Street, on Main Street in historic downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty, back with you here on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We have been busy today at a great edition of the Brian Bailey Show from 11 to noon. If you missed it, it'll re-air at 6, or you can check it out right now at your own leisure uh, in a podcast or YouTube form as he talked to Coach Hood, former ECU defensive coordinator Greg Hudson, um, who I don't – he certainly knows who I am. I don't think he knows my name. Uh, back when we – when I – covered the team when he was the defensive coordinator he would call me Smokey, and i recently saw him in the hallway at an ecu game and uh i heard uh 
hey media guy and i looked and it was greg hudson oh really and i gave him a uh a handshake hug i just remember coach hud being a very intimidating looking guy yeah i mean stone cold stone cold yeah that's, that is a great way to and, describe it yeah I mean, he looks like Stone Cold. He also he acts like him too. But I remember when we were trying to do. Do you remember when Jeff was celebrating his 25th year? We were. Uh, this was when uh, Skip Holtz was here and that entire staff. And my task was to get um, a surprise. We were going to put together an audio montage for Jeff yeah, of right, all yeah, these different that. people that uh, Jeff had worked with over the years to congratulate him on 25 years. And one of my tasks was to get Coach Hud uh, to say something uh, to Jeff, and I was terrified. And there's very few people that scare me the most. <laughs> it doesn't work, by the way. You can't block us out. <laughs> you tried. You tried. Um, but, uh, and I was just, I was, I was just, I, I was almost visibly trembling, you know, walking up to him because I was just so scared he was going to say something mean or, or or whatever. And I'll I just said, "Stunner." Yeah, yeah. And I just said, "Coach, um, I'm doing this little, you know, explain to him what was going on." And he was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't we step outside, um, you know, so we're not it's not so noisy." And he stepped out and he gave a great little, uh, uh, probably about a thirty second little speech that I recorded. Um, because they were both motorcycle guys, Coach Hud oh, rode a yeah. motorcycle, and he would participate in Jeff's ride for the ride with the voice uh, fundraiser that he would have every year. So, um, hadn't seen him in a very long time, so it was really cool to to see Coach Hud again today. Um, no doubt, and you can hear that uh, whenever you would like on YouTube. It's coming up again at six o'clock. Uh, Tyler said, "Did y'all see the Corey Glor flubs on X?" So. During the Brian Bailey show, I saw it and I never went back and actually watched it, so I need to check that out. Um, Jamie says, "Glad we got UNCW when we did. Pretty crazy for them to beat Kentucky at Kentucky. Loved it. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw a, that line. Uh, that was nuts. Called a look ahead game. UNCW just served up a lot of bricks and mingies and saved their makes for uh, Kentucky. So that was uh, great, and hopefully." that uh put ken watlington in a good enough mood where he'll come join us on wednesday oh i'm sure i was kind of worried about all the trash we sent his I way i didn't check when i saw the the um uh the story but was kentucky ranked oh yeah okay they no. were in the top they weren't in the top 10 though were they maybe uh or just outside okay i, I don't recall for some reason the number 12 is jumping out at me but i don't know if that was their actual rank when they got beat while that was going on i was uh, in Minchie's coliseum lily and i went to the volleyball game on saturday saw uh, jacob jenkins coward there and oh, uh valentino Pinedo. so good to see ecu athletes out there supporting it was a pretty good crowd uh and east carolina lost to a good georgia southern team they were really good and uh knocked off the pirates and eliminated them from the tournament well you know as disappointing as that was congratulations to the team for not only having uh you know a 20 win season but also not only hosting uh their first um postseason i guess you could say tournament game in program history but getting their first program postseason win uh, because they beat the citadel on friday in order to advance on saturday so congratulations and that's something that uh adler augustine can build on 
and uh, he's got a lot of pieces still left over from this year's squad so uh looking forward to next year that's going to be a lot of fun and clip i know you love brackets can i interest you in another volleyball bracket Uh this time in division two Uh one clarion university it is out of i think it's pennsylvania it's the western part of the pennsylvania i believe southern part excuse me uh one of my best friends from college jennifer heron is the coach for clarion university's women's volleyball team and they have advanced to the quarterfinals of the division two ncaa tournament they will play thursday at five o'clock i got them in the final four in my uh, (laughs) bracket challenge yeah well i know you love a bracket so i figured i'd throw that out at you to see if you might have a vested interest I do, uh, because I do have a personal connection there. So, first time I actually got to see her for the first time in 25 years, uh, a few months ago, during the summer. So, I actually got to to see her uh, after a very, very long, because she, you know, up in Pennsylvania, I'm in North Carolina, so I rarely get to see her. But, uh, good luck to her and uh, the Eagles of Clarion University. Jamie says, I'm ready for Saturday NFL games. Would you rather have one more Saturday game and no Thursday game or vice versa? I'd rather have a Saturday game. So does that start, what, this week, I guess? Mm Mm-hmm. No, wait. It starts next week, I think. Let's see. Uh, Don't quote me on that. I think it starts next week because we're carrying the games. Yeah, it looks like nothing this week. Um well, now that there's no college on, here's what I would, here, if I could make the rules, here's what I would do. I would have ECU football play their season from like, Go ahead. Ju- right after baseball. So they'll play like June, July, August, September. And then everybody else, all the other colleges can play the regular football season. <laughs> so I can watch football games on Saturday. Uh, honestly, I was, uh, I'll be honest with you, I was glad to see the ECU season come to an end because it was a grind, but I was bummed out Saturday that there were not 40 college football games for me to watch, and there was only a select handful. I was a little disappointed because I will tell you, on Saturday, I had an unexpectedly busy day when I thought I was going to be able to sit home and watch football, did not watch a stitch of an athletic event on saturday unfortunately sunday and i was very upset i watched our dolphins pick up a win it's good to see somebody explain to me why i can't watch a commander's dolphins game on on local i guess local whatever you know when you have a game like what was on at the same time that i was watching it um i was watching red zone so i don't know what was on uh my my brain is is slowed down on me it was a cbs game what was it Patriots. no panthers bucks well that was on a four yeah yeah that was on no oh okay fox had the double header yesterday because they usually rotate fox had the double header yesterday cbs only had one game that was the four o'clock game so that was panthers bucks yes so cbs didn't have a game right they didn't have a game at one o'clock but they should have carried the dolphins uh commander's game because i would have been more than thrilled to watch that uh chad says army navy game this saturday we'll have that for you on pirate radio and then nfl starts the following weekend that makes Mm -hmm. sense chad 
uh eric also says with that being said i've entered my name into the treasure chest portal yeah by the way you have to enter your name in for a chance to win mm. just kidding well, we'll slight rule change <laughs> eric also says uh will there be 40 bowls in 14 days coming soon coming very soon might debut that in hour three as well when uh, jason nichols is here and he'll pick the first bowl game which will be the bahamas bowl temporarily mm. renamed the famous toastery bowl in nassau bahamas temporarily relocated to charlotte north carolina oh that sucks <clears throat> that's right this year's bahamas bowl is in charlotte north carolina because when i think did chandler make this up does he think charlotte is an island surrounded by water uh that will be the first game we pick western kentucky versus old dominion they're gonna build the court on lake norman (laughs) (laughs) field field should have said field but i mean the joke was there there. but the the setup was great the execution setup was great the execution was not so good yeah erica was at a child's birthday party at one of the Holiday Inn meeting rooms on, on Saturday. Saw Georgia Southern leaving on the bus. Tried to get his wife to go Tanya Harding on the tallest girl, but she declined. Well, you're a true action pirate, Eric. Too bad your wife doesn't have the same passion you have for this athletics program. Uh, Tyler says, y'all see the Pop-Tart Bowl where there is a live Pop-Tart mascot that gets eaten? Sounds strange very uh walking dead zombie-ish there um and now boy jamie put that out right at the same time tyler did players will eat the pop tart after the game the pop tart edible mascot that's probably pretty cool what's your favorite uh pop tart flavor strawberry milkshake and they discontinued it and i won't have another pop tart until it comes back (laughs) he is on back i look at the aisle every day I'm a I'm a classic girl. It's it's a tie between strawberry and blueberry with the frosting. Yes. Yeah. Strawberry milkshake for the ones who know, you know. Never had it. Never seen it. Never it's heard just of one it. of those. Like must be a Puerto Rican delis- no, delicacy. No, no, no. I first time I ever had it. And only time I ever had it. You're in North Carolina. So. Huh. Fayetteville. Fayetteville and and Greenville. Freshman Greenville's year. There? Okay. Freshman year. I used to get them right there on uh, Boulevard. Greenville Boulevard. Bring them back, man. I'd like oh. to try one of them. Them bad boys. All right, let's take a break. Uh, We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. We're going to check in with Double B, Brian Bailey. At 4 o'clock, live from Minji, Sean says, let's go 6-3 and today. I just hope the Pirates don't have a uh, look ahead in them because we do have our SEC swing coming up with South Carolina and Florida after this game. I'm very excited for next Saturday or this coming Saturday in Minji's. Try to beat South Carolina for the second straight year. Will Ezra play today? We got a lot of questions regarding basketball. We'll get some answers very soon and uh, let you know what's going on in that game throughout today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Hopefully Chandler has arrived in Minji's by now. Maybe. Should have. Should be getting some videos and pictures soon. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Have more for you. Pirate Radio Live on a Monday. Back with you after this. This is Hosa.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's a sub above. Now, let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We got to know John David Baker, the new offensive coordinator of the Pirates. Got ECU basketball about to tip off. Got to talk about the fallout from the college football playoff and championship weekend. Right now, a lot of Pop-Tart discussion going on in the YouTube chat. Brown Cinnamon Man, says Jamie. Those are good. I like those. Um, We've got some Team Unfrosted. In the chat, Cherry for Luke. Todd likes grape. Chad likes s'mores. Michael uh, Winstead likes blueberry. How about that? I mean, everybody's got their own favorite. Very cool to see. Mike P has a interesting take. He says toasting pop tarts ruins them. Team room temp pop tarts. I'm on that. Oh team. yeah, I'm the same way. Ruins though, that's a very strong. No, ruins, no, it doesn't. I ruin. think that's a little strong to exactly. use. Exactly, but I do like them just straight out of the packet. I'm fine with that, but I certainly wouldn't say if you heat one up, it ruins it. It still tastes good. Yeah, it still tastes just fine. But you would, uh, I think, if you heat it up, it has to come with a glass of milk. Agreed. Fine. Uh Mr. Leroy Jenkins Five says sure am seeing quite a bit of transfer portal guys leaving us clip I asked the other day if you guys were concerned of any that had left um i know the portal just opened up today but just wanted to pose the same question concerned well concern here's the question are they leaving because of they've they've graduated and maybe they have other aspirations um maybe not access to scholarship money i mean right now there's a variety of reasons to go into the transfer portal other than what most people would think is dissatisfaction as long i mean there are a handful of players that i would really really hate to lose and i've not seen one of those enter the portal yet keyword yet could definitely happen uh richard pierce played some on the offensive line Jason Schufer, Xavier McIver, uh, we know those names from the D-line. Outside of that, really, I mean, Lathe Margin was a kickoff guy. But outside of that, um, I mean, are you devastated? You don't want anybody to leave. Isaiah Foote played football here uh, on the line. And you, you want depth and everything, but now you, you got you to gotta replace them. So none of these names really on the list are super concerning to me. No, to answer your question um this is the first wave of them but let's see mr leroy also says do we think we see guys committing to us in the portal well of course we better or then we're going to be in trouble the idea is that it goes both ways we are going to get guys out of the portal just like we do every year and you'll probably see that number increase every year but um 
yeah certainly we're uh we're gonna be getting some guys uh jamie says with the new oc it may take time for players to commit to ecu uh Leroy says i guess i'm also curious if it's based on in dissatisfaction but who knows well again like these guys a lot of these guys haven't played so are they dissatisfied with their playing time and want to go somewhere and maybe transfer down where they could play yeah i I mean i i I don't get caught up really into why guys are leaving just because it's rampant across college football it's not an ecu issue it's a college football issue it's a college athletics issue so are you trying to ask like is there just major major culture problems with ecu football i don't i don't think so i don't if if that's your question i'm going to say no to that question would be my answer no i just think that for those who may not be able to see as much playing time as they would like the transfer portal is an easy way to go somewhere else maybe people look there's a million reasons that it might want to go closer to home you might uh your high school coach just got a job at a school and now you want to go where he is your your uncle (laughs) lines you up with uh nil money with another school or something there's a million reasons that that things could happen but and and everybody's got their own reason for leaving so i don't i don't think it's a uh it's a big deal it's just for and look i grew up in an era where this didn't happen i still remember being young and my dad like clifford rogier transferred from uh north carolina to louisville in basketball and it was like so taboo and it was like man nobody ever leaves carolina basketball there's a duke guy um chappelle what was his name chappelle didn't go to michigan state or something it was like wow a guy's leaving coach k's program and going, i remember going somewhere this is like in the 80s and 90s that i'm talking about right now i think oh you're talking about transfer i the, the first one that popped into my head was elton brand but he was the first one and done i mean that was a and big that deal was a then. big deal back then because nobody left you know most college students that went and played <clears throat> for whatever university they would stay for three years and then they would leave for their senior year if they left that early but elton brand if my memory serves correctly was like the first duke player to go one and done google that up and because i remember going to a game and it was such he, he was, was there a two second years. yeah oh was he yeah Oh, I thought he was one and done. But still at that time. But at that time, it was very unheard of at that particular time. And particularly from Duke to um, to leave and, and go and declare for the NBA. So, so I think for older people, it's this is very jarring to see. Like, Joe, you probably don't even like bat an eye at it, do you? No, I think because ever since I got the conscience of sports, like, really i mean all it is is snaking i mean you got lebron going to miami to create a super team i feel like things or people are going to choose situations that only benefit them yeah everybody's looking out for themselves yeah and so the loyalties back then aren't as i guess strong it's nah. the business i feel like the players understand the business aspect a lot more now uh than they did back well then. and it's so easy to leave it might suit some of these guys better to stay it might suit them better to leave like we don't everything is not the same there's gray areas in all of it so uh i have i've accepted that 
look i just like watching the games it's still entertaining to me i still love sports i try not to get wrapped up into all the crap that goes on with it um tyler said like workplace loyalty you don't see it anymore exactly if i was offered double the pay to go do radio down the street and leave pirate radio i'd say see y'all peace we can still be friends but nah just lose my number and we won't be friends (laughs) i don't care i i'd look at it differently if i if someone came to me that was outside of this profession this radio profession and said here i'm going to give you let's throw out a number hundred thousand dollars to work for me uh-huh then what you'd eat my dust yeah i'd be gone uh-huh. but i would not take another radio job for a hundred thousand dollars no. I, okay no. I, I would i got no. family to feed well i mean so do i but i it's it's a different loyalty well, thing for I, me. I, it's a different loyalty thing for me well, and plus in a, radio a, because i letter I'm, to you today uh-huh and i opened it uh-huh and it's a hundred thousand dollars to go join um 108.9 <laughs> the dude <laughs> the dude <laughs> the dude <laughs> Um, is he a dude or is he a what was the D, other it's d-e-w-d the official down east wood duck station oh okay yeah hundred thousand dollars no yeah. no can i take it for Some, you sure okay because sometimes the more money you make make the harder you have to work i pretty much like okay. my hours right now <clears throat> jerry says clip you'd really leave us for wolfpack radio let's I, go down to tony i'd send it down to tony Eric says, Clip DiBiase, everybody has a price. That is true. (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, go out live. I need the remote control because I need to uh, turn it over to ECU basketball. Pirates and... Which one, the little one or the big one? The little fella, the Roku. Maryland Eastern Shore in East Carolina, live from... Minji's Coliseum will check in with BB when we return. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit CarolinaCaliberCompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one time donation, and GUC matches all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's a clip. All right. Game underway at Menji's Coliseum. Pirates 3-0 on a Quinn DeBunge and one. Ezra is back. He's in the starting lineup. He looks spry. Hadn't made a shot yet. Just turned it over. But looks good out there. Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore does not look very good. I saw the spread at around 17. Anybody else see it? Did you see it? I thought that's what I saw. 17? No. I thought that's what I saw. Um, And Maryland Eastern Shore has just hit their first shot. Do we have BB? 
All right, we got BB on the Pirate Radio Live Line. He is live in Menji's Coliseum for some Monday afternoon basketball. Bailey, how you doing, man? Not too bad. Ezra Asar just had a shot inside, and he got fouled on the play. So you'll see that in about five, 30 seconds or so. Yeah, you're way ahead of us. So, uh, no, I, I, was, I was listening to your description. I was like, man, I, that happened about a minute ago. <laughs> Bougie had that three-point play, and now uh, Ezra's got a shot at it. Yeah, East Carolina definitely uh, out-athleting Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, that has shown early, and we hope they can put a game together today. Bailey, you hope there's no look-ahead because uh, you got some good ones coming up with South Carolina and Florida. And I don't think UNCW was looking ahead to ECU, but things like that happen because uh, uh, they had Kentucky next, and uh, they lost to East Carolina and beat Kentucky. So you just never know when they put the ball out there. You really don't. That was a stunner from Saturday. I mean, that was – that was incredible. I thought UNC Wilmington brought a really good basketball team here to Greenville. I think they had a bad, bad shooting night. I don't know how much that was uh, ECU defense or how much that was just a bad night. Probably a combination of both. But the Pirates played you know, really well and got the victory. I had no idea they would go to Kentucky and even compete. But UNC Wilmington went to Kentucky and won the game. So that was something. Pike says, uh, seems like basketball would start later on weekdays. Well, of course, they normally do, Pike. This is a one-off, and uh, they have a women's game coming up after this game, so maybe trying to get a little more attendance for the women's game, I guess. But, yeah, you won't see many 4 o'clock afternoon weekday starts on the schedule. This, I believe, is the only one, other than if it is, of course, a uh, holiday, Bailey. Yeah, when I first saw it on the schedule, I was like, man, I didn't know that we had an early holiday in December, and we don't. But it's a 4 o'clock start. Pirates up 5-2. Uh, Ezra had, had to get checked out. He had some blood from his finger. One of his fingers got cut, it looked like, but he's on the free throw line now. I uh, mentioned ECU's win over UNCW, and uh, how about the play of Bobby Pettiford, uh, Bailey? Great to see Bobby come in and make an impact right away, and he was awesome against UNCW. And I remember seeing him in one game uh, in high school against Traquavion and Farmville Central in a big regional final game in Menjis. Did you ever? Did you cover him a lot, or did you get to see him at all in high school? Not much in high school. No, just whenever the regionals came around. Yeah. I remember a little bit about that. I knew he was heading to Kansas, and that was a big interest. And uh, and then we talked to him the other day, and we asked him if uh, Joe Dooley, you know, if Joe Dooley had a chance to work with him, any, and he he smiled and said, "Dooley's my guy." And then we sent a picture of me or myself and uh, Bobby to Coach Dooley, and he he kind of laughed at it, and sent it right back, saying that he he'd work with all three of us. <laughs> uh, but he was. Uh, he was very complimentary of Bobby, and, and I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him or not, but he's really a good kid, and uh, really just you know you can kind of you can kind of tell he loves basketball. And yeah, can you almost see it in his eyes. He loves being a, on this East Carolina basketball team. No doubt. Uh, I just saw Mike and Drew Steele, so I'm looking for Bailey. He's usually not too far from them at ECU games. Where are you at, Bailey? Right down. I was sitting right down there where their seats are, but I don't like that seat that much because the players all stand up whenever the Pirates do something. I move behind the basket. I'm sitting in the student section behind the basket. All right, there you go. Brian Bailey joining us live from Menji's Coliseum, East Carolina. Uh, from my standpoint, up six to two. As the, do we have a, a different score, Bailey? Where you are? No, still six two. Count <laughs> just missed a three. So All right. it's, uh, still six two with uh, almost. We're almost at the 16 minute mark. Next dead ball, we'll have a timeout. 
Bailey, I uh, saw you a couple times earlier today. First for the Brian Bailey Show. And how about Coach Hud? Greg Hudson was awesome having him back inside the Pirate Radio studios. Enjoyed y'all's talk earlier today. That was a lot of fun. Coach Hud is, uh, you know, he's a longtime coach. He's, he's been around the, the system, and now he's kind of working on the uh, other side of it, working with NIL deals and that kind of thing. I was really, I really didn't know he was doing that until we got together, but it was very informative. If, if you didn't hear, we were on an hour early today because of the offensive coordinator press conference, but it'll be replayed at six o'clock. And he had some great information uh, as far as NILs and that kind of thing. So Ezra just went off to the locker room. So I'm not sure what that's all about. He may be having to get patched up for that cut on his finger, but he just left the court. So we got to get him back in there. No doubt. I uh, need to get these guys healthy. You got Brandon Johnson, who's left a couple games early and missed a couple games. Ezra's been banged up, so I uh, need to get a full staff out of there. Uh, Greg Hudson, great guest earlier today. And then Bailey saw you at the introductory press conference for John David Baker. What was your first uh, impression of Coach Baker? Well, you know, I talked to Coach Houston, and he, he shared the same thought. Uh, with everybody today, but he had told me that they were trying to you know, figure out if he wanted to go with an experienced offensive coordinator, one that had been around, or if he wanted to try to catch lightning in a bottle with a young guy that had you know, some new ideas and that kind of thing. And uh, I think when it all was said and done, he really liked everything that uh, John David Baker uh, talked about. Uh, it was interesting to me that a lot of people were saying, hey, it's the air raid offense coming. But you know, he kind of emphasized that the run, it all starts with the run. And I know Pirate fans don't want to hear that, but you know when you have your running game going, that opens everything up. And, and I'm always, I've always been a fan of the running game. It's just that we haven't had one, you know, for a while. And when we do have one, I think that good things happen for the offense. No doubt, and uh, very confident young man, and uh, kind of down to earth, and, and kind of subdued as well. Very laid back. Um, I did ask you, Coach Houston. You know, how much hands-on will he be with this offense? And he made it pretty clear in his response, Bailey, that this is John David Baker's offense, and he's going to do what he can to give him the tools to succeed. But it sounds like kind of a rough Lincoln situation, that this, uh, just like it was Lincoln Riley's offense, this is going to be John David Baker's offense. Yeah, and he came to Greenville, uh, Lincoln Riley did. I think he was 27 when he came. And John David Baker is 33. I asked him, I, I said, Coach, when you got in trouble with your mom, did she say John David? Because when my mom said Robert Bryan, I knew I was in trouble. And he goes, no, with me, it had to be all three names. So when she said John David Baker, I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> so hopefully Mike Houston's not saying that during the season. And uh, exactly, yeah. So what's, uh, what's next, Bailey? Finding um, these offensive pieces through the portal, is that priority number one right now, including a quarterback? I think that's part of, of priority number one. I think the other priority, he's got to evaluate that staff and decide, you know, who he's going to work with on the staff and who he's going to try to replace. And I don't know where they stand on that. Uh, I'd asked Coach Houston that before, and he said he was going to let his offensive coordinator work through that. And we asked again today, and he said the same thing, uh, that you know, he's going to kind of evaluate it, look at it. Uh, and, you know, being that young, you don't know – you know, who he's got on his, you know, quick wish list. Right. But I'm sure he's got some, you know, I'm sure he's got some guys out there that have worked with him before. And uh, so I'll, I'll be really surprised if the offensive staff stays intact. I think there'll be a, a change or two. 
and not a lot of familiarity between the two uh in fact uh, john david baker said he's known coach houston for like two weeks now so it's not like they're going back and reconnecting after years apart uh kind of a, a first-time deal here john david baker no ties to greenville he did say when i asked him about what did he know about ecu mentioned some names from rough staff with clay mcguire and brandon jones and those guys so he said he called those guys they told him greenville was an awesome place and uh sounds like he's uh he's ready to roll yeah and i think that yeah, when you look <clears throat> as far as as what coach houston wanted out of the deal i'm sure coach houston talked to a number of people that had worked with uh, John David Baker before, and and these are people, you know, and you know how it is in every business and every every aspect of life. I mean, when you're trying to hire somebody or work with somebody, and you want to find out as much information you can, and you're going to call people that you trust. And so I'm sure that, that he had plenty of conversations with people that Coach Houston trusts, and uh, and he looked really, you know, really excited about it, and you know. Uh, Coach Baker's going to coach in the bowl game with Ole Miss, but he said, you know, make no mistake about it, I'm a Pirate. You know, I'm a East Carolina Pirate. So it's going to be a busy time for him and his family trying to move here from Oxford and trying to get everything organized and trying to get, you know, signing days coming up pretty soon. I think the offensive players will be excited when they find out that John David Baker is the offensive coordinator. Brian Bailey joining us. Bailey, what do you think of the college football playoff? Did they get it right, in your opinion? I don't know if there if you could get it right. I, I think that you know with only getting to put four teams in there, I still think Oregon could win it all. I think Georgia could still win it all. They won't now because they're not in the playoffs, obviously. But I think when you get to twelve, like they're going to next year, I think it'll be a much better system. Of course, then we'll be arguing about who was thirteen and fourteen and right. fifteen. But I, I just think that you know I, I think Florida State deserved a spot in there. I'm sorry. But they played a tough enough schedule, and even you know not having their quarterback because of an injury should not have come into play. But I, I just I, I don't understand how we, we look at some things, and then and then we put Liberty they put Liberty in a New Year's Six bowl, and they had the worst strength of schedule in the country. I mean, it just none of that stuff made sense to me. I'm looking forward to the playoffs, obviously, because they're a lot of fun to watch. But, uh, you know, and you can see in that one Zoom, you know, Georgia and Florida State previewing their bowl game with both coaches in a Zoom, and you can tell neither one of them wanted to be there. Yeah. Brian Bailey joining us here on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, your Cowboys, that, that was a wild one on Thursday. Did you get to see that one after the ECU game, Bailey? Yeah, I was back in the station working on stuff. Uh, usually I can weasel my way off. I've got so much, you know, seniority at the station. I can usually – Weasel my way off on a game when the Cowboys are playing on a weeknight like that, but I really couldn't this time. So I was trying to work and watch the game at the same time, and uh, it was it was it was kind of the game that that, East, uh, that the Cowboys needed because they needed to show they could beat a good team and they needed to show they could you know fight back in a game and and win one. So I think the uh, I think I think the race to the finish in the NFC is going to be crazy because I think Detroit could be the number one seed. San Francisco obviously could be the number one seed. It could be Philadelphia or it could be Dallas. But those are four pretty good teams right there. I did not hate seeing San Fran take it to Philly yesterday. I uh, got no. I didn't. <laughs> Monday night football coming up tonight: Bengals and Jags right here on Pirate Radio. All right, Bailey. I just heard an eruption, and let's see what that was from here. We got Ezra with it. 
We got Ezra going baseline for the layup. That was pretty. Bailey, uh, enjoy the game today. You uh, you catching both games? You going to uh, cover the women's game as well? Oh, yeah. We'll be here. I'm checking it out. Shot clock's about to run out. Ezra put it up at the buzzer and hit the rim. That was that was a pretty good shot for the big man because he was a long way from the basket. <laughs> but the Pirates lead it right now 10-7 with 12-11 to play. All right, BB. Thanks for joining us, man. All right, but anytime. Brian Bailey, live from Menji's Coliseum, a very rare afternoon ECU basketball game. Right now, the Pirates up 10 to 7 on Maryland Eastern Shore. Look, you always want to play good. You hope this is kind of a, I don't know, just a, a game where the Pirates can coast. Uh, it's not always that easy. It's hardly ever that easy when it comes to East Carolina. As I get to see Ezra shot here at the end of the shot clock that misses. Uh, but they've got some some big names coming up. I don't know how good the opponents are, but South Carolina and Florida coming up next for East Carolina. South Carolina here at home on Saturday, and then they'll be on the road the following Thursday in a neutral side game against Florida. And we'll be here with a uh, watch party coming up for that one. Looking forward to it. Mag McCarthy has said he will join Chandler and I for the watch party. So hopefully Coach Mack... Uh, will be with us as we watch East Carolina and Florida coming up in about a week and a half or so. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll have more from uh, earlier today at the press conference, East Carolina, introducing us to John David Baker. Jamie wants to know, is Chong going to do a live segment from Menji's? He said he's available for one. Do y'all want to hear from Chandler? We might call him at the end of this hour, see what's up. We'll do that. We got a lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about the current real estate market? Or do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with REMAX and SD Harris Properties can help answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has the answers. Give Scott Harris a call today at 347-1857. And Bud Light reminds Pirate fans to always stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by the Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. RJ Felton's three is good, and the Pirates have tied it at 13, 1036 left to go in the first half against Maryland Eastern Shore. First of two from Minji's today. Who do the women play? Do you know off the top of your head, Shirley? It's a doubleheader, so it's Maryland Eastern Shore as well. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Oh, I like that. 630 is tip off scheduled for tonight. So they just uh, all came on the same bus? and are ready to go okay yeah Maryland that's old Eastern school Shore. right there yeah. that's that's the way we like, used to do it back in the day high school style all right um 
pike asking in the chat did you see the three fourths uh three quarter court shot that was made by uh player the other day for the women's basketball team oh did we that was our very own i know money mike was money micah dennis micah dennis drained it it was a beautiful and made it to the es uh espn sports center top 10 good uh something about Minji's that magic uh try to she, i love how she tried to play it off like ah you know it's whatever then the teammates <laughs> got active and she was she couldn't help but smile same side of the court too because the women sit opposite the men so bobby's to win the game was on that side of the court and micah's to end the first half and was, micah's was deeper oh way deeper <laughs> yeah micah's was deeper and uh just looked very fluid looked easy that, no that's what was crazy michael looked like she was taking a three from that distance yeah to where bobby p looked like he like heaved it from uh, full court. i don't know ah, come on now let's look at the replay i thought bobby's was pretty effortless as well um chad says has anyone talked to joe and angie is this a joke chad obviously are you setting up a joke did i walk into the trap Jamie says that magic fairy dust clip waves and Minji's to make it all better. I hate not being there today, but uh, we'll be there on Saturday. Are you in the stadium for Micah's as well? Negatory. Oh. I was not. Um, that was Saturday. I was in that stadium later. You said you were going to volleyball. Did you? I did not. You did not. Okay. Hey, I did, and I got my fat ass in one of those nice purple chairs I was talking about the other day. How was it? Comfy. Very comfortable. That's awesome. Very nice. So, uh, yeah, big fan. Give give us your uh, review of the purple seats. Uh, 10 out of 10. Would do again. Any cons? Any pros? Is Uh, it better than Section 213? From a comfort standpoint, absolutely. Uh, I have no cons. Uh, Lily and I enjoyed our time in... uh, and JC, I took a picture of him from across the way. He was sitting courtside. And uh, he said, man, I, I need to be going to these more often. This is my first one. And so it, it was fun. It was uh, Unfortunately, it was the last volleyball game this year. But uh, they'll be back next year in uh, Minji's Coliseum. Let's hear more from earlier today. Oh, Chad said, Joe Mama. And <laughs> Chad asked, have I seen Joe and Angie? The punchline is Joe Mama and your daddy. Ah, hilarious! Yeah. And Chad, you have been banned from the treasure chest for one day. You cannot win today. Good luck tomorrow. We will open up the Pirate Radio treasure chest for the first time uh, coming up this uh, today in the third hour. So stay tuned for that. All right. Um, Bailey mentioned this a moment ago when we talked to him on the Pirate Radio Live line. Mike Houston was asked, will John David Baker decide on the offensive staff? Who is retained? Who comes from the outside? And here was his response. Cut three from Mike Houston. So he he and I will work together to uh, ensure that he has uh, an offensive staff uh, that is prepared to implement uh, his his style of play uh, to the fullest extent. So we're, we're both uh, in discussions on it. All right. Uh, Mike Houston was also asked the feedback he had received and seen so far uh, on the hire. This is cut five. I think everybody's excited. I think our players are excited. Uh, they're going to meet him officially here in a, a little bit, but uh, I've got enough stuff over the weekend that they're energized by this. Uh, 
I think our fan base, if, if they're not excited already, they will be the first time they see us line up this spring. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, my feedback I've gotten from, uh, you know, people in the industry uh, is that uh, we made a very solid choice. Mike Houston there. I don't know who decided. I, I kind of blame Mike Krzyzewski for it, but who decided that flopping was just going to be a part of the game of basketball? I don't think that's how Dr. James Naismith designed it. Good grief. Quentin DeBunje just went for the big-time hammer jam, and the ball bounced almost a half court. He uh, tried to yam on somebody. Now Brandon's trying to yam. He gets blocked. And we're just getting blocked by these Maryland Eastern Shore guys. When it comes to flopping, I think I'd honestly blame uh, soccer. A basketball player watched the soccer game, saw a guy flop, got away with it, and said, you know, I'm going to try that. And yeah. Stuck. There's a lot of Americans that are like, man, I can't watch uh, soccer. It's too much flopping. And then they'll go watch a basketball game. Yeah. And it's just like the same. Now, the difference is in soccer, they do act like they need their leg amputated. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you have to sell it. And it works. I, I guess shame on the refs, right? Yeah. For make better calls. Yeah, and and it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't happen. Jamie said supposedly they were doing away with flopping. Well, have they? I see flops. I saw the worst call the other night of my life when Brandon Johnson got called for an offensive foul when a UNCW player was flopping in the lane. Chad says Duke and LeBron. That's who to blame. Duke, yeah, especially. Uh, LeBron, okay, I guess. I don't necessarily know. Well, I mean, for the longest time, they did. They took a lot of charges. Yeah, I don't Grayson necessarily Allen call them. a dolphin on that court. Well, I mean, Shane Battier was probably one of the best to ever do it at Duke uh, in terms of taking charges. But I wouldn't necessarily call it flopping. They just took a lot of, it, you know, it's a 50-50 chance you're going to get a either a blocking foul or a charge it's fake a person that big is not affected the way they act like they are shane batty is like six nine if if i go if i brush across him on the sidewalk and my arm accidentally hits his he's not gonna like fall into the road (laughs) no you're the one moving but if it happens on a basketball court for some reason he's sliding across the whole damn court well well exactly i just think lebron was worse at it in my opinion okay he he is he was awful i mean he was like one of those soccer players that you know you get a barely touched and all of a sudden you're losing an eye i mean that's kind of yeah exactly when they look like they're bleeding like yeah yeah like oh oh, yeah yeah there's so many times where a player will act like he's hurt and then like cover his face a little bit and smile at the camera yeah he's yeah playing up to it and that's that's those are the ones that irritate me the most i mean if it's a close bang bang play and you get kind of knocked over but just because your momentum is taking you there that's fine i i don't i don't argue with that too much it's the ones that it is so blatant it's not even funny and those are the ones that get called i have a problem with those. here's the thing though now with the new replay system you replay it the guy gets a yellow card he gets a punishment, so why don't they adapt? Basketball adapt. I, I, they, I agree. They, they I agree. acted like they were going to do that like 10 or 15 years ago. And they never did it. I don't feel like it's enforced that much. Um, Chad says, Cliff, what was your favorite part of the charge drill in middle school? None of it. I hated it. They, we had a bag, if I recall, and they hit you with the bag, and you got to 
cover your jewels and do a, a flop basically on the basketball court jansen says hockey has an embellishment penalty basketball needs to implement something like that What's that's the- right if you flop and get called for it you're off the court and it's five on four like a power play in hockey oh, oh that would be, be nice. freaking awesome there we go let's take it out of the game now we're coming up with solutions we're not just that up here nice. being and moaning all right um john david baker why did you decide to accept the position here for offensive coordinator at east carolina cut to um there's a couple things for me just obviously the next step for me in my career was go run my own show and, and call plays so that was the first thing but when you look at uh this conference is a great conference with a lot of school a lot of good schools and programs um and so you, the chance to go do that at what I consider a high level um, in a great conference was something that I felt very strongly about. And then once I got into it and started talking to Coach Houston more and more um, and got a feel for the kind of person he was, uh, it was really a no-brainer for me. A no-brainer. Brian Bailey asked a couple of questions regarding this offense. First of all, generally speaking, what will the offense look like with you here as the offensive coordinator? Cut three. It's going to be uh, it's going to be one that you feel like is always on the attack. Uh, we're going to be extremely aggressive. Um, we're going to take our shots, um, and we're going to play. We're going to play at a, a pretty good tempo. Um, that's something that I, I firmly believe in. Um, obviously, something that we've done the last three years at Ole Miss and, and had a ton of success. Um, it's going to be simple for our kids. Um, they're going to be able to go play, and anytime they step on the grass, step in between the white lines, they're going to know exactly what they're doing. They're going to know how to do it really fast. So, um, in a nutshell, I, I would say that's what it is. Um, it's going to be an aggressive style, one that I think the fans will find find really exciting. And uh, the follow up to that, Bailey asked, "Does the run set up the pass, or does the pass set up the run?" Yeah, for us, everything everything starts in the run game. Um, I think sometimes, just with my background. Um, there's probably a little bit of a misconception of getting tagged as an air raid guy, and, and don't get me wrong, we've got a lot of those principles in what we do. Um, but for me, everything starts in the run game and builds off of that, whether it be RPOs or play-action game. Um, everything starts up front, and, and when we get the run game rolling, that's when this thing gets really, really special. That's John David Baker. More uh, on that coming up uh, in hour number three of today's show, along with the treasure chest. And we'll open up 40 bowls in 14 days. Uh, big hour three on tap. Um, we've got a lot of flop talk and most hated dookie talk going on in the YouTube chat. Eric says, Grayson Allen has to be the most hated Duke player of all time. Am I right? No, you are wrong. That would be think, Christian Leitner. Yeah. Christian Leitner. They did an entire 30 for 30 about it. Yeah, uh, if you're going to do a little bit more, I guess, I don't want to say modern day, but a little bit more recent, probably Grayson Allen and J.J. Reddick. Those two guys were probably the most hated Duke players. Uh, yeah, uh, Tyler says Leitner, most hated Dukey. I uh, would have to go. Yeah, Leitner was one of a kind, or as Jeff Charles used to say, surely he's a different breed of cat. Who would you say is the most hated uh, Tar Heel? Um, Ooh. like is, is Rashid hated or beloved? Like no, I, he's beloved. Yeah, I think so too. Um, 
I mean, I, I oh, hate oh, to be against oh, him. For oh, sure. It would be uh, Hansborough. I was gonna. I was, I was thinking, thinking Tyler. Tyler but, Easy, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, from the. Uh, let me not. Either say him or Eric Montross. Yeah, I would say Hansborough. Hansborough yeah, was a little uh, yeah. floppy and spastic out there. Oh yeah, electrifying. I don't think he was electrifying. He oh, was he would goofy. Block a shot and flex on you. Jamie says Hansborough. Yep. Uh, Jack says, I thought flopping was the tech now in college basketball. Well, it's supposed to be. I remember they uh, they introduced the uh, – start do it. They start throwing the <laughs> flop know, thing the, out there. Look at the side camera. Isn't this how they do it? What's the the flop signal? Isn't is, it that, like, is that the flop signal? Because I, that looks like an Italian telling somebody to hey, take a hike. You're flopping there. <laughs> Quit a flopping. What are you doing? Callum Richard at the line hits. Why are we playing from behind against Maryland Eastern Shore? Why are we always playing from behind? What are we doing? Hello. Let's see. Uh, Tyler says Hansborough. CL says Hansborough. Not even close. Chad says Rashad McCants. Eric says, I can respect Reddick and Leitner. They were really good. Allen was just the epitome of a spoiled little brat. He's still playing, right? He's still Racing. in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Where is he playing at? He's on Utah last time. I know oh, he's okay. on the Suns. He's on the Suns. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely Leitner for me. Um... Leitner can't go to Kentucky just like Montross can't go to Indiana. Why can't Montross go to Indiana? What did he do? I'm unfamiliar with that. Callum Richard back at the line. East Carolina down 23-19 to to Maryland Eastern Shore on a sleepy Monday in Menjee's Coliseum. There's a few folks there, but it is uh, not the atmosphere it was for the UNCW game the other night. That was a fun one. This one uh, looks pretty dead in there, which is to be expected on a Monday afternoon. So are we number 15 in the country now? Who's we? ECU. In what? Basketball. How was that? We beat UNCW. Uh, no, I think our loss to USC Upstate took us out of the top 25. Yeah, I, guess. I hate, I, I don't, I. people were celebrating that like, uncw beat kentucky so like we could beat kentucky hey let's beat usc upstate first yeah. let's try to finish off maryland eastern shore before we start talking about beating kentucky we'll have our chance at a sec team uh coach mark sent me a tweet and how about the success north carolina the state has had over the sec unc greensboro and north carolina beat arkansas North Carolina beat Tennessee. UNCW won at Kentucky. App State beat Auburn. So North Carolina has dominated the SEC. That's got to mean something good for the Pirates when they uh, take on South Carolina and Florida, right? You would hope so. You would certainly hope that would be the case. All right, let's take another break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number two. By the time we get back, this game better be tied or ECU better be winning. We're losing to Maryland Eastern Shore. And we can't get a rebound! I do have uh, a little bit of news. 
our buddy Garrett McGinn uh, was on uh, the last time we touched base with Garrett he had signed with the Buffalo Bills to be a uh, practice squad member um, he is now back with the Arlington Renegades of the XFL which is uh, the team that he won a championship with the XFL yep so McGinn will be back on the football field this time in the XFL back at him again back at it again Thank you for that update, Shirley. We'll take a time out, come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Caliber, Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor shooting sports store for over 60 years. Visit carolinacalibercompany.com to shop today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovations and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU Home Services partner. Call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right. Uh, We've got our... Biggest name to date in the transfer portal for East Carolina. Got an update for you. Uh-oh. Another fancy letter. Thanking God. That being said. Thanking East Carolina. Thanking Coach Houston, Coach Harrell, Big John. There's a clue. Thanking Coach Harrell on the defensive side. Uh-oh. And Shirley, you said it. With that being said, I'm entering my name in the transfer portal and will be a grad transfer one year eligibility remaining signed taylor jackson oh taylor jackson starting linebacker for the pirates so that is the biggest name as of uh yet to enter the transfer portal so uh yeah just passing that along that puts us up to 22 i believe mason pop zion foot copeland samples alan pierce shuford mcciver hayes young jackson wilk doddard moss carson smith capriotti margin chapeau winstead garfield 22 22 in the portal for the pirates maybe their decision is coming from watching this ecu basketball game because i i mean i'm about ready to get in the portal Pirates down by five to Maryland Eastern Shore. <clears throat> I I know they're going to make a run. I know they're going to win. But uh, how, how, I about would, a, how about a wire to wire victory? How about that's what I was one? thinking. Yes. How about an easy one? Why does it have to be so difficult? Why does it? Why do we have to claw and scratch every game? Yeah, don't like it. Eric wants to know how young is uh, Clip in that Chico's holiday commercial. 
Sounds like the peach fuzz was still growing in. <laughs> uh, Chico's. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while since that spot's been produced. I need to. But go. it's a it's a good one. We right. we go back to it every year. I need to find go back to the archives and get some young uh, clip. They want some young clip rock. Tyler said, "Want to see some young clip? Check out the hamburger eating contest are in the archives here." That was a long time ago. The Hardy's Thick Burger Contest. Whoa, whoa. What do we got? Uh, we have a slight skirmish. Oh, good. You're ahead of me, I guess. I got Ezra, Spin. Oh, he got hacked pretty good. They just said, man, why'd you do that? Uh-oh. Who came in? Brandon? Brandon came in a little aggressive, it looks like. Mm. And everybody's okay. Everybody's fine. Nothing, nothing coming about coming about it. Uh, let's see. I mean, Ezra got hacked pretty good. He's smiling. It was uh, Brandon could have got a T if anything for coming in hard, kind of looking uh, looking out for his teammate there. But that was just a hard foul. Play on, guys. Come on, oh, give and go. That's good. Play on, player. Now what are we doing? We're gonna review something. What what are they gonna look at? Ezra got fouled hard. He's gonna shoot two free throws. Are they gonna call something on Brandon for It's possible. That's what I think they might be looking at is because Brandon came flying in when initially there was nothing going on and then he kind of bumped into whoever, I guess, fouled Ezra. And that's when the kind of semi skirmish started. Justin Bear and Morgan Aylers and Pirate Al looking on. Trying to get the word. Big Daddy Brian Smith, Don Edwards. Man, all the stars are out tonight. I saw uh, Cliff Goblin was at the game, too. I'll tell you, he's not at the game, me. And right now, I'm kind of glad I'm not at that game. So there can't be anything on the foul. It's got to be on Brandon for maybe inciting a riot, escalating the situation. Oh, yeah, there's definitely that. I like how Brandon keeps the same face the entire time. Never changes his face. How's he doing in your class, Joey? Uh, he presented a project recently because uh, we all did. Did it go well? It was the 30-minute project I was telling you about. Uh, it went well. Uh, <laughs> Enough you know, said. The, the group did well, you know, and uh, he was uh, just like he is on the court, a, f- a focal point of the, that project. So yeah. It was good. Hey, does he smile a lot in class? No. Yeah. Back corner type guy back corner three type guy well like right next to the door though so in and out do you ever see like coaches or does anybody like check on the athletes to see if they're in class or anything Um, that used to go on i wonder if that still goes on well they usually leave that to some of like the managers and equipment managers Uh, i've actually even heard some of the like recruiting girls will um have to be like in charge of that stuff too so they kind of have their spies are you a snitch? Like, if they asked you, what would you say? I'd never do that. <laughs> yeah, homie was in class. Yep. <clears throat> Putting in work. What do we got? Do we just got free throws? Can we play on people? What are we doing? We're still waiting on some free throws. Will Ezra make these free throws? I'm going to say he goes one or two. What do you say, Joey? It's two for two. Y'all are ahead of me. You might already know. 
No, because no, I'm just, doing something else. Oh, okay. I'm just mystic over here. First shot up and good. Drained. Perfect. Still can't even see it. Sorry. He's got a great stroke. He needs to make them all. He's got purple hair. Second shot up and good. Easy peasy. Pirates trail by three. Uh, Jason Nichols in the house. So here is what we got hour three. More from Mike Houston and John David Baker. We'll dive into uh, Jason's thoughts on the college football playoff. Did they get it right? What did he think? What did he think of Liberty getting into the big time bowl instead of SMU after they knocked off Tulane? Uh, we will begin 40 bowls in 14 days and open up the treasure chest it's all coming up in a massive hour number three of pirate radio live ezra muscles his way down and scores and the pirates have cut it to one 28 27 230 left to go in the first half on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck Buck. steve says chon is leaving mingy's now to get to a pirate radio staff meeting that happened three uh, hours ago. Go, Caleb. Go, Caleb. Got the steal, little elbow, and he gets swatted and sent to another dimension. But it'll be pirate ball out of bounds. All right, back with you after this. I'm a You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. They will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville and online at carolinacalibercompany.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Maryland Eastern Shore hits one at the end of the shot clock to tie it up a prayer it is 31 31 pirates will have one final possession here of the first half and uh we'll give you the play-by-play jason nichols will be my color analyst pettiford's got it jay nick and he's gonna dribble it out top of the key nice pass into ezra and he's gonna get fouled a lot of fouls in this game and ezra will go to the line with four seconds left with a chance to give the Pirates a halftime lead. Uh, Jason, welcome in. How you doing, man? What's up, Clip? Doing good, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. Busy day today. Uh, we were introduced to the new offensive coordinator. Pirates work fast uh, wow. to bring in an offensive coordinator, and that coordinator is John David Baker. I had never heard his name until uh, last week. Uh, how about you? Are you familiar with John David Baker? I'm not. Can't say that I, I know anything about him. 33-year-old uh, coming in from Ole Miss, was the tight end coach there, was the uh, co-offensive coordinator there, and said today he uh, he wanted to, to run his own ship. He was ready for his opportunity. And uh, 
spoke like a veteran coach said he's been he's very prepared and uh, has been waiting for this opportunity and uh, I don't know any thoughts on the hire from an ECU standpoint yeah I mean on paper we hit a home run I think it's a guy coming from a system that's been very successful you know with with Lane Kiffin And, and the thing about coming from a place like Ole Miss unlike maybe coming from Alabama some place like that is they're not necessarily at the top of the pecking order in that league. So for them to be successful, they have to do some things a little bit differently than everybody else. So they've been able to go in there and be creative and, and um, you know, create opportunities for their for their players. And, and that's the creativity that you want when you look at this hire is being able to bring somebody in here that can come in here and do what we've been used to here at East Carolina, and that's put points on the scoreboard. Yeah, and, and there was a name that when you saw the short list with – Chad Morris and then the I believe Bailey from uh, Ohio State. Some people were a little worried about Bailey because I think of what you just talked about. Ohio State's bringing in the best guys. How much is he actually having to get after it? Uh, so, so from that standpoint, you'd rather maybe have the guy from Ole Miss rather than the guy from Ohio State. No, in my opinion, I think you would just because, like you're saying, I mean, when you're at Ohio State, you can hand off whatever inside zone or power. You can <laughs> Everything you works. Want. It's going to work pretty good there. It's you know what I'm saying? And so, and then when you, you know, you, you understand the numbers in the box, oh, they cheating another one down there. Let's go with a little RPO or play action and try to hit them over the top. And then you got Marvin Harrison Jr. over there that, I mean, he makes, you just throw it his way. He's going to get it. Uh, let's hear more from John David Baker. Some cuts we have not hit yet. Shirley cut six. He was asked what attributes he's looking at uh, for a quarterback that fits his system. Uh, the first thing, he's got to be a uh He's got to be a proven leader. He's got to be tough. Those are the first two things you got to look at because I can't ask, I can't ask that guy to get in the huddle, and those other ten guys look at him and them not know that or feel that. Um, so he's got he's got to be that. Um, from a you know attribute standpoint, um, we love a guy that's extremely accurate. Uh, feel like that's something that you can't uh, you can't really coach. You can you can tweak some mechanic things on guys. You can fix their feet here and there, but. Uh, <laughs> For the most part, if a guy's accurate, he's accurate. And so that's something that we look for uh, a lot. And then uh, we love an athletic guy. You know, having having the ability to mix in some quarterback run game uh, when we need it. Um, get yourself out of trouble because, you know, a lot of times, and, and we've, we've found it with the guy that we've got at Ole Miss, Jackson does a great job of bailing us out when, when things don't go well. And so having that, having that extra element is something that we, we want to try and find as well. All right, and and man, not to, to pile on. I just don't. I don't think ECU had that guy that could go into a huddle and ten guys really, you know, believe in. You know, with Mason Garcia and Alex Flynn, I think we had that in Holt Nailers. I, I know we did, and with Cardin, and we can go back to the '90s, Jason, and you, you know, who's operating that offense, and you believe in that guy, uh, and some of that you got to earn, and and. To no fault, Alex and Mason, they hadn't had an opportunity to really earn that before this year, and I just don't know if they were able to earn it during the season. No, uh, that was definitely, you know, evident um, as we went through the season that that there wasn't just a true leader on the offensive side of the ball. And and you typically always want that in the quarterback position because they're they're the guys that are touching the ball on every play. 
Um, they got a chance to do something on every play. And uh, it's hard sometimes when you're at other positions. Maybe a, a, a old lineman that's truly, you know, a leader up front because, you know, being tough, you know, you give off that toughness that you want as a team. It's good to have an old lineman that's, you know, sort of a leader. But, um, yeah, that quarterback spot is, is, is pretty important. And, we you know, we, we didn't have that. Um, we just, for whatever reason, and I get it, um, those guys didn't have time to do it, but sometimes that's a character trait too. Because one of the best leaders I had, his name was Cody Wells, when when I was at uh, University of Louisiana Monroe, and he was our backup quarterback. But I tell you what, man, he he could lead our team. When he went into the huddle, it was no drop off because he was that type of guy. And so you you want to recruit all your quarterbacks to be that type of guy. Um, when it comes to being a leader because that role is so important to your success on that side of the ball. Charlotte's here cut seven. Uh, he was asked how important it is to get the right quarterback in here uh, for this team in 2024. That will be my main focus um, because if we don't have a quarterback, nothing else really matters. Um, he's in this offense and any offense, if, if you don't have a quarterback, things get really, really hard. And so my job is to go find um, go find some guys to add to the pieces that we've got in the room. And the guy may be on campus already. We don't know that. That's, that's for us to go figure out over the next eight months. Um, but I do know this, the more guys, more quality guys that we can add to the room and create real competition in there, somebody's going to come out on the other side and they're going to be the guy that we want. And so that's, that's my whole focus. That's everybody on this coaching staff's focus is going to just add guys to that room so we can get a real competition and figure out who the guy's going to be. So he did leave it open that, hey, that guy might already be in the locker room. Um, I I don't think that's the case, and I don't know uh, if he knows enough about the roster, but uh, I think uh, that Mike Houston might know that's not the case, too. They're going to have to bring in a guy. Jason Wright, when he said, if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter what else you got, <laughs> you uh, you said amen. So, amen. Uh, yeah, you agree with that? Man, I totally agree with that. I, I, you know, if that's why you sign and, and – I've been around guys, uh, Doug Martin, Todd, Todd Berry, these guys. You sign two or three quarterbacks in a signing class because you just don't know who's going to eventually become that guy. So that gives you a little room, wiggle room, to make sure that I hit on it. You know, you you got things that you see and that you watch on film, uh, but that doesn't always tell you the, the, the true story of what this guy's going to do, be a leader. Can he be a gamer? You know, he said about getting out, getting when the play doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You got to sometimes be a gamer. The best players, I, I used to always tell my players, look, man, you can't be a robot. Like, you know, the game of football, once they say hut, everything is changing. If you're a robot, you're going to get left behind. Sometimes you just got to go out there and be a gamer. And when things break down, you know how to go play the game and ad lib. And, and to me, I say that's, that becomes backyard football. Which you know what? Sometimes these kids they don't they, they haven't done that in their life. They played it on Nintendo or <laughs> something like that. They don't go out and play in the backyard the way you know kids used to. But uh, having that quarterback that knows how to ab ab lib when something breaks down is a tremendous asset to have. Uh, John David Baker cut eight. Shirley he was asked how long he has known uh, Mike Houston. I've known Coach Houston for all of about uh, two weeks, maybe. Uh, no, he and I had uh, we had no previous relationship. Um, you know, had a first phone call a week and a half ago, maybe. And but uh, just like Coach Houston probably did a lot of research on me, um, I kind of did the same and just reached out to as many people as I possibly knew that 
had any kind of connection to them um, because that's that was my whole deal was just like it was mentioned earlier. I was in a great situation at Ole Miss and and loved it, loved it there, loved living in Oxford. Um, and so for me to go, you know, anywhere or leave there, it had to be the right situation and more importantly with the right people. Um, because if you're not with the right people, um, this thing, this is not real fun. Uh, we spend way too many hours up here working and trying to do things right. That if you're with people you don't want to spend a lot of time with, they can get miserable real fast. And so once I got to know Coach, um, I, I started to realize very quickly he's he's the type of man um, built on the right things. As like a, I like to say, he's cut from the same cloth as I am. And so that was something I felt strongly about and felt comfortable in coming here. All right. Uh... Jamie, by the way, says Jason just showed his age with a Nintendo reference. I feel you, Coach. <laughs> yeah, he didn't go Xbox, didn't go PlayStation. At least he didn't go Atari. He went yeah, uh, Nintendo. Nintendo. Uh, I kind of like this, Jason, where it's not a case of Mike Houston giving a job to a buddy or being – it almost feels like uh, it's a little uncomfortable bringing in a guy you don't know but saying, I, I like you know what you're doing and, and you're – i guess the ladder you've climbed and we're going to give you this offense we know it needs to improve we know we need to do something drastically different so it almost uh the old phrase be comfortable feeling uncomfortable whatever it is uh so i kind of like that it's not a an old hire uh or somebody that he's worked with in the past i think it's uh it's unique well listen you know sometimes in this profession you know coaches are afraid to go outside of their network yeah you know for whatever reason but it, 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 the best thing or the best experience I've ever had in coaching was coming out of my comfort zone. And that was when I went to go coach running backs. I had been a receivers coach for 15 years and I had played receiver, you know, and done all those things. But when I got into that running backs room, I had to grow. I had to go and study and call and meet and go here and go listen to this guy speak and be like, yeah, that makes sense. And so sometimes coming out of that comfort zone, man, there's growth there for you to get better. And uh, and that's what will happen, you know, for Coach Houston and, and, and all those guys, you know, um, being around him, learning how to defend his offense now. You know, that's going to help you from a defensive standpoint just as much as anything. So uh, that's that's a big a big uh, to do for Coach Houston and, and, and for him to step outside and, and take a chance on somebody who shows that they have what it takes to be here. Cut nine, Shirley. Uh, what coaches have been your biggest influences in your career thus far? Yeah, so that's – that's kind of where I feel um, I've had a unique career path. Um, I, I do not take a ton of credit for the things that I know or in the offense that I run, um, mostly because I feel fortunate. I'm who I am and where I am today because of the guys I've been around. Like, I've been extremely – I'm 33 years old. I've worked at four different schools now, and just the guys that I've worked with starting even all the way back when I played in college. Like my head coach was Chris Thompson, who's the associate head coach at Florida State. Uh, my high school head coach was Sterling Gilbert, who was the offense coordinator at the University of Texas a few years ago. Um, and then on to North Texas, working for Seth Luttrell, who obviously in the state of North Carolina did a great job at UNC. Uh, Graham Harrell, Clay Helton, um, Jeff Levy, Lane Kiffin. Those are guys that I've gotten to sit in rooms with for a lot of years and kind of develop what what it will kind of look like in the fall. So it's, uh, you know, like I said earlier, got to spend a lot of time in the air raid with Graham and Seth. Um, and that's kind of the basis of what we believe on offense as far as just keeping it really simple for those guys and letting them go play fast. And we're just going to out-execute people, and we're going to do it at a high tempo. And then 
the run game piece, obviously coming from Ole Miss, um, you know, that was always kind of my hope and plan was to be able to kind of blend um, the air raid uh, with the old school Baylor system, kind of the veer and shoot and vertical passing game. And uh, that's kind of what you see at Ole Miss to an extent and, and probably will try and carry on here a little bit. But that's that's kind of where it derives from. And like I said, I, I've been fortunate because I feel, feel like I've been around, you know, some of the best in the country. All right, Jason, he's speaking your language there with some of the uh, principles of the offense. What did you yeah. you think of what he had to say there? No, that's, that's, that, is, that is true to the 10th degree because you're only fortunate by the guys that you sit in those staff rooms and learn from. I know you guys have heard me say this name uh, throughout the season. I say Todd Berry. I say Doug Martin, Steve Logan. The reason why I put those names out there because those are offensive-minded guys. I've sat in some rooms with some other guys I could name that are in some pretty good places right now, not not half the coach that those guys were. Now, they're sitting at some bigger universities right now because they hit it and got hot and whatever, whatever. But I, I've sat in some rooms, and I've been like, man, this is what we're going to prepare and go give our kids to go win? I mean, I, I've been shocked uh, how some of these guys get into these positions, and I'm like, wow. And, and you know, the thing that I never want to do, and, and I'm and most coaches in this profession, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I don't want to be. I want to be able to learn from somebody and be like, man, that's, that's great. We can add that to what we're doing. We can get better. It's frightening when you go in there and you're like, God, dog, there is nobody else that can think outside this box of what we're doing. That's why, you know, I, I, the RPO system, I'm afraid of RPOs because the one experience I had and all we did was RP, every play was an RPO. You lived and died by high well the quarterback play. Right. Yeah. And we saw some of that early this year, I think, where we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, it's so, but to have different experiences to draw from. Air Raid, uh, he talked about the Baylor system. That was interesting because we stole that stuff when we were at ULM. We went to the wide splits with the receivers. It's what USF is doing with uh, Alex Golish down there. It's basically the Baylor system. All they're doing is spreading you out and saying, hey, let's count the box. If they cheat this guy in the box, guess what? We're going to throw it out there to the receivers. If they go go ahead and stay three over two, we got exactly what we want. We're going to hand off inside zone, and we're going to let it rip. And we're going to do it at a fast pace to keep people off balance. So, um, you know, so he's had different experiences that he can bring to the table, uh, that he can grow from, and because uh, it's going to be an ex- it's going to be an experience because he he will be a first time play caller like yeah. anybody in that seat. So it's going to be some growing pains that he's going to go through. Yeah, and and he talked about simplicity of it too, Jason. Is that kind of what you were talking about there, where it should be easy for the quarterback to read what they need to do, and and then you know simple routes with the receiver stuff like that. Man, that that is that that's the goal of whatever you do is is to be as simple as you can, and be able to disguise it. And and that's where you know I, I think sometimes when I've listened to Air Raid, I think sometimes those guys uh, and and not just typical typical Air Raid, that Baylor system. Those guys are built to go so fast that they don't motion and do all that type of stuff. I also like to see in motions and stuff because it makes the defense have to communicate. It tells the quarterback what coverage they're in. It also tells the receivers. If a receiver, somebody's going in motion, other receivers aren't watching to see what that guy's doing, they're dumb because they should be watching because it's telling you what you're getting ready to go face and what type of route I need to go in with. So um, having all those different experiences will will be good for them, and and, um, it'll be good for us. All right, uh, I asked John David Baker what he knew about East Carolina, what his perception of East Carolina was before taking the job. Cut 10. 
couple things. So um, I actually, I've known, I knew a lot of people just from my ties to kind of that whole Mike Leach tree as far as guys that have worked here before, Clay McGuire, Brandon Jones, those guys that were here with Lincoln and them. Um, and those were guys that I, I called during the process of like, hey, you know, what do you think of this place? What do you think of Greenville? Um, all those things. And, and every one of them said the same thing. They're like, dude, that place is awesome. Like it is, it is a legit place that the sky's the limit. And so that and then just seeing it from afar, obviously, uh, you know, you have a ton of crossover tape and just seeing this place, seeing the fan base, um, that was probably one of the things that attracted me the most, like coming from coming from an SEC school in a small college town, you get that same feel here. This is an SEC town now, and these people care about this program, and that's what fires me up because now we're going to go put something on that green grass that these guys are going to really like to watch every Saturday. All right. Uh, he's, he's said all the right things, Jason. You see a lot of guys win the press conference. I think he picked up his first W today. doesn't mean anything, but uh, got some folks excited at least about uh, – you know about him being the offensive coordinator here at ECU. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, I think you know I didn't hear the press conference. I'm hearing this, the snippets yeah. now, but uh, that that is true. I mean, East Carolina. That's one of the things I, I used to pride myself on when I brought recruits here. Is hey, listen, man, this game day environment is like none other on this you know, in the group of five. And you take pride in that. And, and even when I played here, man, the, the, the crowds, I mean, it was a home field advantage when we went out there. So much so when you go on the road and you play some of these teams like Tulane when we used to go there and some other uh, places that wasn't as packed. When It, it was Tulsa was another one. Yeah. Uh, those are downers when you're on the road. You know, you just got to go and say, hey, we got to bring our own energy today now, you know, because there's nobody here to excite us. And so you got to be ready to go. And, and for him to do his homework and understand that, that's good. One big question, uh, Jason, that, you know, I heard a lot during this process. Will Mike Houston, you know, let the coach take over the offense? How hands-on will he be? Well, I asked Coach Houston that today. How hands-on are you going to be with this offense? Or is this, you know, John David Baker's offense? Surely this is Mike Houston cut four. It's his offense to run. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to call plays. Uh, I, my job is to support him and support our offensive coaches and support our players. And I'm going to make sure he has everything he needs uh, to be successful at a very high level. What do you think of that, Jason? He says, hey, this is his offense. Well, that's, Go to work. That's, that's good. I mean, you know, that's why when you're a head coach, you want to hire quality assistants so they can go and do their job and it's, you know, and give them the freedom to do and, and, and play whoever they need to play um, and do whatever they need to do to go win games for you. And I think that was probably the biggest thing about this, this season here was, you know, man, you know, you heard so much stuff. Uh, well, you know, he's not – so for, him, for Coach Houston to put it out there, and right. no, he's going to call his own offense. That's that's good. And I, I, I believe I saw where this was a two-year contract, Jason. Wow, good. which is uh, I know as an assistant you are all for, yes, right? sir. Yeah, anything yeah. over one, you'll you're down with. <laughs> you take two. Uh, all right, so there you go, John David Baker, new offensive coordinator at East Carolina Pirates, uh, putting up some points on the court now. A couple of buckets here to start the second half. They lead Maryland Eastern Shore, thirty six to thirty one. All right, we'll take a break. When we return, we'll open up. Well, I know everybody's been waiting for it. We'll open up the Pirate Radio treasure chest for the first time in 2023. We got some awesome prizes, and you can be winner number one. We'll do that 
on the other side and have more here on Pirate Radio Live on a Monday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine has been caring for Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU. Orthopedics East provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in Eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. And get ready to saddle up at a buck and bull night happening at the buck next Thursday, December 7th from 9.30 p.m. until 1.30 a.m., do you have what it takes for the longest ride? There is prizes for first, second, and third place, and they are inviting you to come compete or just enjoy a night full of fun. Entry is absolutely free. They'll be offering free bull rides, and they'll be giving away free swag while supplies last. Once again, that's at uh, at the Buck. It is a Buck and Bull Night, Thursday, December 7th, from 9.30 p.m. until 1.30 a.m. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Hi, Jason. You ever ridden a bull before? Mechanical or real? No, I have not. Yeah. It's not in my uh, DNA to be riding a bull. I hear you. I uh, I was at some kind of like church camp thing when I was a kid, and we were riding horses uh, in the mountains, and it was the first time I rode one, and kind of lost control of it a little bit, and I was like, man, this thing rides runs down the mountain. I mean, I'm... <laughs> Like, what am I doing here? And that was the last time I ever sat on a horse. I'm telling you. And I'll leave it leave it to the cowboys out there. No doubt. And, uh, this they thing don't have brakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I, I didn't, uh, wasn't a big fan of that. Um, yeah, we need to get you. Joe, you, uh, you working the bull? No. <laughs> no? No? Is that the buck? I figured you going to get on it? He's going to be working security, but I don't think he's going to be riding the bull. Uh, no, I probably won't be working the bull because uh, I think I might have the night off because it's finals week, so I need to get things going. Get things going? Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean you need to start like... I need to start looking at some books. <laughs> you need to go buy your books this week? No, no. Buy? Come on. They've been uh, read. Chapter one. All right. No. Good, good. Good luck to you, buddy uh jason how did you feel about the college football playoff and the teams that will be competing for it wow um like everybody um you you can go either way with it i, I for the most part I, I thought they got it right um you know with alabama being that you know i guess the fourth third team in i guess they were the third or the fourth they were the third team right who's that alabama alabama is number f- three three Right. Well, is Washington one or is Michigan one? No, Michigan's, Michigan's one, one, so Bama's four. So Bama's four. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And then the other one is Texas, Washington. Yep, Texas. Okay. Those were the ones. I, when I watched, I watched all those games this weekend. And to me, I'm going to tell you the most impressive team I thought was was Texas, man. Really, really 
uh, like what, what Sarkeesian does over there as a, as a coordinator, man. He's done a heck of a job with the program, just bringing that, that program back. Um, they've always had big-time players come out of Texas, but for whatever reason, they weren't going there, and they were leaving and going up north and places like that. But uh, he's done a good job, man. They, they, they look like they're the real deal. They can score points. I know that. Would you have had Florida State in? Um, n- no, especially not after I watched the game on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, once I watched that game on Saturday night, there was no way. And then I watched what, what Texas did because they would have been the ones that I would have been, you know, because I, I, you had to think that whoever won between Alabama and Georgia was getting in. There's no way they, they were keeping any, either one of those guys. Def, definitely if Georgia won, they were in. But even if Alabama won, they were, they, those guys were going to be in. So, um Texas was the one that I was kind of hesitant about, but man, they look real. I don't know how you could have kept those guys out either. Yeah, I, I mean, to, to the argument of we're just putting we're putting the best teams in. Well, if that's the case, isn't Georgia one of the best four teams in college football? I totally agree. <laughs> so where are they? Why are they not? Well, in? you know, the, the thing that that also came about that you know when you start diving into the rules of what the committee looks like, they said also the you know a coach and a player can affect whether or not a team is selected into the the final four like that, correct? And right. so that was part of it. And, and let's just face it. Because the other thing, they were undefeated, conference champ. I mean, you know, all the things that you're supposed to be to get invited into the to the Final Four. But, man, they just did not pass the eye test. And, I, and I'm going to be like everybody else with this statement. A lot of that probably had to do when we watched TCU last year, get in there and just uh-huh. get destroyed. And uh-huh. so you're like, that's not an interesting game to watch. And so let's get the four best teams. You're right. If, if we're saying truly the four best, I agree with you. Georgia, I, I don't know how they go from being undefeated, winning 28, 29 in a row, and then now they're sitting at home. <laughs> they got probably more, more, uh, you know, reason to be upset than anybody too. Yeah, right. Uh, and look, I don't, I don't feel bad for anybody. I don't feel bad for Florida State. I don't feel bad for SMU uh, getting left out. But what did you think of Liberty getting the nod over SMU? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pissed off about that. Just from the league standpoint, right? That, that's money our, our, our league can make. There's that part of it, but they're also leaving the league, and you well, know, they don't. Well, let's let them make some money for us on the way out. And the thing is, is that I mean, who did? All right. You don't get ranked just by beating a bunch of no names. You should not get ranked for beating no names. I think I saw something where they had the worst, you know, uh, schedule and, and uh, strength of schedule, whatever they yeah. they, they uh, look at. And I mean, they could, because they didn't beat anybody. I'm looking at did they play? So they didn't play a Power Five team all year. I uh, ran the table at 12 and 0. And now they get a date with Oregon on January first. That'll be a hundred to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, hundred to fourteen. They'll score some points. I think they'll find a way to score some points. Uh, well, Oregon doesn't care about this, and who knows if Bo Nix will even play? But he, he probably won't. But uh, especially if he's looking after his NFL career. But they they still going to have better players than what yeah. um, you know Liberty's going to have, and and the speed and size that they haven't seen all year is going to be a difference in that bowl game. Well, we're going to 12 next year. This would have been a good year for it with, you know, Georgia and uh, Florida State on the outside. But uh, the 
the rules are the rules, them the rules, and that's what we're going <laughs> to deal with this year. So who do you like to uh, to win it now that you know the matchups? You know what? And and this is you heard me say it. I'm going with Texas. You going horns up? I'm going horns up. <laughs> I, and if it's not Texas, I'll say Alabama. I tell you what, Washington, and I've been picking against Washington. They just keep doing it, man. I'm very impressed with them because Oregon looked like a machine heading into that game. Oregon, I I really did think going into that game, Oregon was going to beat Washington. I really did. And then when they took the lead to go up 24-20, to um, I think at the beginning of the second half or whenever that was, uh, I was like, okay, they're going to go ahead and start you know, putting these guys away. But you're right. I mean, Washington kept fighting back, and they've had that all year. They've had to win a couple games late. And you know what? That is a true testament of a championship team. You know, one of the things our, our coaches used to always stress to us was like, you got to be willing to go win the, win the game on the last play of the game. And and I bought into that. We bought into that because he was right. When you get two good teams on the field playing each other, it's typically going to come down to the last few plays of the game. Speaking of last plays of the game, Jamie in YouTube has a question for you, Jason. ECU's down four under two minutes left. Pirates have the ball. Who is calling the play? And if the head coach sees the offensive coordinator call a play he doesn't like, does he nix it? I mean, if you're giving it to the OC, it's his whole yeah, it's game. A, it's, his, it's his call. You I know, guess the, so the head coach will say we're going for it or not, right? Yeah, he'll the, just say whether or not we're going for the it. The coach yes. will have a play ready. Yes, and he's probably going to tell you that on, previous to that third down. He's going to say, hey, listen, we're going for it. So get something manageable here so we can be in a good position to go for it and get it on fourth down. Gotcha, yeah. All right, uh, Shirley, it's time to open up 40 bowls in 14 days. So, Jason, we're going to pick every bowl game between now Uh-oh. and our last Pirate Radio Live show of the year, which will be, what, Shirley, Thursday the 21st? Yeah. So we've got – I didn't even count how many we – let me count real quick. So there's, uh, let's see, seven on that page plus another seven to be 14 plus – looks like we got eight here, 22. That'll be seven more, 29. That'll be eight more, 37, uh, 41, 44. So 44 to pick, wow. uh, including the playoff game. Shirley, can we get the uh, – I want to hear the country version. You want the country? I was going to ask you which version you wanted because I have six of them here. So. Good, good. Let's go country version. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days. We have to play this song every time before we pick one of these. Oh my goodness. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days. said 40 bowls, Papa said 40 days, Mama said 40 bowls, Papa said 14 days, 40 bowls, 14 days, 40 bowls, in a 14 days, I said 40 bowls, in a 14 days, oh yeah, yeah. Man, that's my favorite country music song. <laughs> 
was beautiful. <laughs> it, it really, that was gorgeous. If we hit that 40 bowls, man, it, it does something to me. It does something to me. Jason, thank you for sitting through that. Oh. You've had plenty of time to think about, yep. first of all, where this game is being played. It's the it's Bahamas Bowl yeah. being played in Charlotte, North Carolina. Figure that out. Man. Uh, you got Western Kentucky versus Old Dominion. Yep, I'm going to go with Western Kentucky. I got a dumb question I need to figure out quickly. What's, no dumb What question. conference is Western Kentucky in? Conference USA. All right, there you go. That was my dumb question. Old Dominion, Sunbelt. Uh, who are you going with, the Hilltoppers or the Monarchs? Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers. Jason Nichols confidently picking Western Not, not confidently, but I'm just <laughs> – be bold with my statement. There you go. All right, Western Kentucky's the pick. This will be Monday, December 18th, so uh, a couple weeks away, 2.30 on ESPN. It'll be the only bowl that day actually all right jason good stuff now we have to do another december tradition here at pirate radio this is what the people have been waiting for shirley Rhodes. let's go ahead and open it up for the first time in 2023 the pirate radio treasure chest is open we have some awesome prizes for you this year including a hundred dollar gift card to chico's hundred dollar gift card to fleet feet we got four ECU versus Memphis basketball tickets and a prize package from David Price Construction. A date with Chandler Honeycutt that we added to the uh, the treasure chest. We got a full chest, and one of you will be the first winner of this holiday season. We'll come back, get our winner on the line. So you got to stick with us. We'll, we'll introduce you, get to know you. You can ask Jason Nichols a football question. And uh, we will find out the great prize you have won when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 36 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. East Carolina up 11, 51-40 on Maryland Eastern Shore. 8.07 left to go. The Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Clip Brock, Shirley Rhodes, Young Joey, and Jason Nichols here on a Monday. And we have opened up the Pirate Radio treasure chest for the first time. And a uh, familiar name. <laughs> a guy that wins all the time and got in on the first shot i guess i don't believe in all the conspiracy theories out there that this is rigged and da 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 but at some point i'm starting to believe that he might have the phone lines hacked or as <laughs> he's he's got the secret sauce whatever it I'm is starting to believe you know when uh, on the saturdays when he uh would drop something off and he, but he's in and out he checks on something right he, he checks on something every time and then just dips out so huh. i think he's got a 
wiretaps in here. Our winner is Steve Hill. Steve Hill, who is on the Pirate Radio Live line. Steve, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm doing good. So, Steve, uh, how many years have you won out of the treasure chest? Do you know? Uh, it's in the teens. I'm not exactly sure the number. <laughs> that is nuts. It's been a long time. Because we have people, Jason, who we do this every year. People try to call. The phone's busy. They can never get in. And this guy wins every year. Do you play the lottery? <laughs> you know what's funny? And, and no joke, I just bought a $50 ticket that was released today and won 500 bucks. <laughs> God dang, okay, you need, I need to go with you and let you pick my ticket out. I don't anything the rest of the year. That's all my luck. I've used it up. Wow. All right, big day for Steve Hill. No doubt. How about that? All right, Steve, um, well, tell us uh, a little bit about yourselves. What do you want us to know about you? Uh, well, um, I am a telephone operator. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so I am um, East Carolina graduate, um, drive for Uber and Lyft, um, that's about it. Nothing too exciting for me, except I do kind of win these contests. That's about that's my claim to fame. He's a professional contest winner <laughs> at this point. Um, Shirley, we haven't done this. You want to do uh, the alternating prize rundown real quick? For, Why, yes. For yes, Steve we can. and the people. All right. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. All right. Knock yourself out. $200 gift card from Bostic Sug Furniture. $200 gift card and facial and skincare box from Beauty Bar Medispa. A pirate welcome sign and a $50 gift card from UBE. $100 straight cash homie from Sparky Snowballs. $100 gift card to Chico's. Bud Light umbrella and tailgate chair and Bud Light dartboard and two cases of Bud Light from Carolina Eagle Distributing. $100 gift card from the Holistic Company. $200 gift card to Shenandoah Graphics. Budweiser Mirror, Bushlight Neon, and Bojangles Hard Sweet Tea Neon and two cases of Bud Light from Carolina Eagle Distributing. $100 gift card to Flea Feet. $100 gift card to Shimmer. $100 gift card to Jersey Mike's. A Buck gift basket including gift cards from the Buck, BT's, King Max, and an NFL jersey. Four ECU versus Memphis basketball tickets and prize package from David Price Construction. Twisted Tea patio umbrella, cooler, and prizes package from the Boston Beer Company. $50 gift card to Aiden Golf and Country Club and Farm Bureau golf swag package from Brandon Manning. And that is what is in the treasure chest. All great prizes, Steve. Anything in particular you would like? You know, I'm I'm sad that somebody's already won the date with Chandler. That's the whole reason I called. But, um, uh, it's you know, still up here. Great. It's still up here, and uh, we could get that to you. All right, so uh, we ready to go. Is uh, Joey for the first time? Are you going to be the prize picker? No, no, no. We should let Shirley do it. It's tradition, right? So. Well, I mean, we alternate who does it. I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, why don't we let Jason do it? I mean, that's fine with me. I was going to suggest Jason do it, but Ellerby. Yeah. Um, you want to come over here? No. Come, you want me to come over there? You... I'll come over there. I'll come <laughs> over there. <laughs> I thought y'all meet in the middle. Meet halfway. At the door. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to have Jason pick your prize here steve sounds good all right now i have not won the lottery and i've been playing it so i don't know all right jason's reaching in jason's pulling out the prize just one just one is that, is that one? one i think that's, that's one, one. That's yep one. all right jason read what he's got here he has the buck uh gift basket with a uh gift card from the buck bt's king max and an nfl jersey Boom, oh, Steve. Nice. You can get nice. you a uh, Montez Sweat or Chase Young uh, Washington jersey. 
There you go, and I take Chandler on a date out to the Bucks. Incredible <laughs> respect. Uh, congratulations, Steve Hill, and a good prize for you. You are a football fan. Unfortunately, he is a depressed Commanders fan like myself. So maybe we'll get a good team's jersey. There you go. Steve, uh, congratulations, man, and have a uh, Merry Christmas. You too, guys. Appreciate it. All right. All right. There is Steve Hill, our first winner uh, here out of the 2023 treasure chest bad news you didn't win today good news we're doing it all december here on pirate radio uh let's get another break in we'll come back get ready to wrap things up with jason nichols get his final thoughts on john david baker being named the offensive coordinator at east carolina and uh some good news from Minji's the biggest lead of the game for east carolina they're up 55 to 41 over maryland eastern shore seven minutes left to go in Minji's on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Take a break, come back, get ready to wrap it up after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Dow was down 41 points and closed at 36,204. The NASDAQ was down 119 points at 14,185. And the S&P dropped 24 points, closed out the day at 4,569. Now, uh, that is your Wells Fargo Advisor Stock Market Report for a personal look into investing. Call 756-6900 in Greenville and uh, Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, getting ready to wrap it up here on a Monday. Pirates trying to put the finishing touches here on Maryland Eastern Shore. They lead at 61-44. Hopefully go ahead and cruise to a victory here and get ready for South Carolina. They'll try to beat the Gamecocks for the second straight year. R.J. Felton had a big game against this home state team last year in the win over south carolina and uh we'll get them in minji should be a, a good crowd in there on saturday looking forward to that all right uh jason as we wrap it up here what uh what portal opens today yep, right so open. uh we've got our eyes set on i'm sure quarterback but you got to think offensive line probably playmakers as well pretty much anything uh and uh, so what are these coaches going through right now as they dive through that portal? Yeah, they, they are definitely uh, – <clears throat> well, they, they probably the, – the names have already been out there. Today was the first official day that they could probably make contact. But uh, so they're, they're going through doing their due diligence and uh, out on the road seeing the recruits that we already have committed or maybe still working on. So it is definitely a busy – time of the year right now for those guys they'll be jet setting here for the next two weeks and trying to close the deal on guys we already got committed because people will come in and try to poach you and uh and also trying to find those those pieces that we need moving forward with the uh upcoming season yeah how i mean and then also at the same time jason so we've got a list of uh counted them earlier what 22 or whatever that have entered the portal here how about the guys that haven't entered but 
are still hearing some stuff back channels and things like that i mean we still got to be worried about that right man i tell you what right now with the rules not really being that tight yes you got to consider that some guys are probably still going to probably hear some things all right uh pirates up 19 hopefully we can uh wrap this one up easily and get a win here shirley rhodes joey great job as always we'll talk to you tuesday three o'clock on an all-new edition of pirate radio live and jason enjoyed it as always we'll check in with you again next week all right jason nichols former pirate joining us on a monday edition of pirate radio live we'll see you fine folks on tuesday for the crew here i am clip rock jeff charles take us home have a great night eastern carolina Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.